Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Okay, welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio, and tonight we're talking about our favorite thing. Well, my favorite thing. I don't know. Owen, he's kind of the Kaluber guy now. He kind of... Uh... I'm slowly... It, like, let, Let's put it this way. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm looking at... Listen, I had to do the fastest clean, because we recorded yesterday. Yes. The anniversary show, which was my normal clean midweek, you know, stuff yeah. in the collection. And then I had I went I had to stay late at work today to finish up some stuff, so I did a quick run through of cleaning. And I'm like, there are too many carbon pythons here, and I'm like, oh no, like we don't need that many. And it's like, um, so I'm trying not to, uh, I'm trying not to. I don't want to cut back on things, but there are certain animals where it's like i have a pair of these and a pair of these and a pair of these and then i have 200 like coastals i'm like huh what might be leaving so i'm trying not to be the culprit guy but i have a feeling we're turning that way mm, so the, the the tables are turning that's all right that's all right Shifting, you, uh, yeah yeah you added the uh the false water covers which is, is did. Pretty, pretty yeah cool. dude it's they're cool. they're they're badass and it's it's again, it's just one of those things of like, I do not need three caramel jag males. So two of you are getting out of here. <laughs> like it's, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. When you got to, when you call the, call the group, you know, kind of, kind of makes it difficult of who's going to make it and who's not. And well, then you sit I, on the fence for such a long time. And then by the what time. What doesn't you... help. It's like, I'm like, I'll, I'll try, I'll try breeding them all. I'm like, I'll try breeding them all last year. And the best breeder male stays. They all got the females. I'm like, you guys suck. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> couldn't one of you have not <laughs> like, you know, it, yeah. So. Well, I'll be coming up your place this weekend. So you I'll want be a caramel jack? No, you no. send it right back. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not bring, uh, bringing or taking. <laughs> well, maybe bringing, yeah. No, I don't mean, you dare. Yeah. No, no. Because <laughs> like, hmm. that's the problem. You'd be like, I brought gelatins. I'd be like, what? Eh, eh, eh. Like, I don't know what to do. And, yeah, no. No, don't you dare come in this house with more animals. <laughs> like it's... I will not. I'm, I'm, I'm only meeting up with. You, uh... No, you take the shit. You take your. There's an anteresia in my house because of you. Get it out oh. of here. <laughs> it does not belong here. Is it small? It's. I mean, like I know it's like it's gotta be like what a year old. But yeah. it's like so tiny. Like yeah, they're tiny, aren't they? I didn't even want to touch it. I just opened up the lid and put it in a drawer. I'm like, wow, yeah. man. Yeah. It's crazy how small they are. But uh, we're going to be talking with Dominic uh, Carboneau, I see. I I, I just, we'll see. I mean, we we probably messed that up, but let's go. <laughs> no, no, keep rolling. Keep rolling. Don't don't stop. What, do you want me to edit around that now? Like, no, no, how do I edit no, around no, that? No, 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 because no, we talked last, yesterday, we talked so much about how much we missed the live show. So numerous times now, I'm just going to say keep rolling, because this okay. you can't edit around yeah. mess ups is because I'm just talking. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but one thing before we start talking to Dominic, I wanted to uh, to just uh, let everybody know. Actually, the uh, second run of calendars has arrived today, um, so I have them in hand, and uh, they are. That's something uh, you should be bringing this weekend. Yes, because well, sort of the reason is, uh, so you know, Scott and Ty won a uh, won an autograph. So before I can send theirs out, I gotta uh, 
why they why they want our autograph? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any answers. Are you has Scott Hyper made you come up to see? Like you won't come see me unless Scott Hyper has demanded something. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) no. Well, you know, Scott puts a lot of pressure, man. I mean, he does, but I mean, you know. But, I guess uh, I'll go see Owen. He's like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen the additions and stuff. So uh, you can see all the there. broken glass on the floor. You oh know. boy, can't wait for that. <laughs> Did we talk about that last night? I I don't know. I might. Or do you want to not talk about that? I think I, I think I rage spoke about it before the show. Another retic has learned how to punch the glass out. Oh, They've man. taught each other. I hate retics. I hate them now. They <laughs> ruined an entire species. Oh man! And this He's is the one that Matt gave me, right? my really, really nice one that I really love. She just like is like bam, and I'm like, what the? They're talking to each other and let them know, I, like, I, hey, I, you just push like, on I mean, this I just bit want and get free. I just want small pythons that don't, you know, punch their way out of glass. Is that so much to ask? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, colubrids can't punch their way out of glass, no? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. If the Kribo could, they would. But it's yeah. like... Did you, uh, did you start any kind of uh, breeding? Um... Uh, the Blue Beauties are paired, the Kribos are oh. paired, and the Giant Hogs are paired, and the Speckled Hogs are paired. So, you know, yes. <laughs> okay. so I'm curious, do you have like, um, you know, you know, you and Riley um, specifically breeding colubrids and pythons, do you have yes. like a schedule that you follow? Do you, have, you have, put a reminder in your phone to like pair them at this time or like I how have, do you? I have a literal document on my computer right. that tells me what date, what animals should be at what temps and what I should be doing. And okay. then every Sunday, an alarm goes off on my phone, and it says check. And I just go downstairs and make sure everybody's temps are what they should be for the week. Okay. And, like, I, it, it is involving opening doors and making sure that the cold side room gets into the python room. Because right now, none of the pythons have dropped any, but I turned off the colubrid stuff. So they need to get to below 70, and I can't do that unless the doors are open. Also, right. it's not fucking helping that like we're going from 50 degrees to 72 to 50 degrees i'm like will you pick a goddamn direction yeah and let's just roll with it so get it man uh, so you know the pythons don't start dropping until december but i got the colubrids paired and i dropped them enough that they're not looking for food anymore and that the caribos are not like going to murder each other which is important and terrifying so with these with these uh, colubrids that you're 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 you, that you're doing like uh, yeah. grebos and stuff like that, are they like North American colubrids where you sort of like put them down or like because you're saying you're putting them together, right? Yeah, yeah, they're together. So you put them together and they hibernate together, or they they don't. They're do more of a warm climate crebo, so it's almost like you do python, so like, like pythons, okay. almost like pythons, but it's not. It's, it's almost earlier. like imagine imagine a little bit less of an IJ. So it dips low, <laughs> but it goes up. Like it I so I dropped them to 70, 72, but then they go back up and they don't go all the way to like 84, maybe to like, you know, 76. And then like they so basically their nighttime tramp is gonna keep dropping to about 60, uh-huh. but then their daytime temp is only gonna get to be about 70, 72. Oh, okay. 
So, so are they like, uh, are they hard to breed? Is it a hard to breed species? They're one of those things where I think large colubrids are those weird things where it's not hard, but it's formulaic. And if okay. you fuck up the formula, then mm, you get no slugs doubt. or you get an egg bound female or they just stare at each other or they get in there and somebody's like, I'm hungry. And then they start killing each other. It's one of those things where, you know, if you skip a step with breeding pythons, they'll just stare at each other and go, eh. like, if you skip a step with colubrids, it, it can end bad. Like, I I lost a Karibo last year because she wasn't big enough. And, like, she was five and a half feet long. And apparently it's, well, they need to be longer than six feet to avoid egg binding. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. all right, shit. So, you know, you breed a small carpet, you just get a small clutch. So, right. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I know. Well, sounds like you got your uh, season cut out for you with all that. I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I got still got a lot of babies and a lot of rhinos. Oh my god, it's breeding season. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, no. the way. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Like, eh. yeah, that's the problem. Is like I don't want more rhino eggs because I'm still dealing with the babies right now. But I know I should get more rhino eggs. Like I should do that again. So, well. Do they are they one of those snakes that sell better when they're they're a little bit older because yes. they're better yes. established and stuff like that? Let's put it this way: I could sell all but one of my rhinos right now. Um, okay. Three of them already spoken for. Um, right. I mean, <laughs> let's just put it this way: the one that came storming out of the egg, eating everything in sight. I just wrote Keith on the like, <laughs> and Keith <laughs> like yeah. it's just like. Nice. <laughs> And we'll go that the second I found it, it was a girl, and I'm like, there you go. <laughs> like it was done. Um and but then like the other ones I I have I have maybe five on pinkies that uh-huh. are scented with fish. Right. And then everything else is eating, but they're only eating live fish. And I was talking with Rob about this yesterday when you went went to go get like your eighth beer. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how did you feel about selling fish feeders he goes what's well, done you can do it it's not bad like nothing's wrong with it i'm like i just feel weird about it and he goes i can get that but he's like but this it's not wrong <laughs> like you you can do it oh and yeah, i like, mean right. yeah i guess if you're getting into that species you have to kind of realize like what comes along with it right yeah but then i was talking about this with with um rob and jeremy on their podcast it's like i I'm like, I can't do that to people. That's so bad. In the meantime, I'm wrapping a gecko tail around a fuzzy so that the hog nose that I bought for a couple hundred dollars will eat. And it's like, so it's okay for me. But yes. I, I can't let other people do You don't it. hold your customers to the same standard I'm, as yourself. I, yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. So, and I know they would sell. I know, I, dude, the amount of people have been contacting me about the rhinos. You know, I'm talking about them right now, and I know I'm going to get emails whenever you this goes last going, I'll buy them if they're eating fish. It's like, ah. Right. So, right. yeah, apparently if you just twist my arm and tell me that you're capable enough to buy them eating fish, I'll sell it to you. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. No, Francis, we're recording. No, I'm not answering this phone, Francis. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I hope he listens. <laughs> yeah, I'd be listening yeah. on his drive up there. I am, yeah. yeah. But uh all right. Um yeah, I'm not uh I'm not even I didn't even start to cool down yet and I'm still feeding because it just like you said, the weather's just too up and down. And that's the other thing is like so certain species I have to feed throughout. So I I feed white lips throughout uh-huh. just because and I'm probably gonna feed the team worse. Just because okay. I don't trust them and they seem angry, <laughs> it's just right, like right. it's the last thing I want to have to do with deal with that. So, um, 
I'm going to feed the white lips and then probably introduce, but they're not going to be introduced till January. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, yeah, let's get Dominic on here and uh, let's get this going. Let's talk yeah. some carpet pythons and such. Welcome to Morelli Python Radio. Dominic, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm very good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm actually uh, pretty happy to be here. Oh, well, um, that's unfortunate. Um, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we'll change that quickly. Um, but, uh, right, but Dominic, yeah, obviously, everybody we have on the show, we just kind of want to hear um, how you got your start. What 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 drew you into reptiles? Uh, in my case, uh, unlike a few others, for starters, not the whole dinosaur thing. Never had mm-hmm. the interest. Um, my parents were not into animals. Nobody I knew was into animals. I was just that kid that loved everything that moved outside. And uh, so I'm probably, I think I'm maybe a slightly younger than uh, Eric, maybe a bit older than Owen. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh back then i mean there was no such thing as uh reptiles and pet stores or anything like that and uh i still remember just uh chasing everything catching crabs catching snakes anything i could and uh for me the way it started was um it was actually believe it or not the local newspaper i was a 15 year old kid and uh the girlfriend at that time uh, found an ad in the newspaper saying uh, zookeepers wanted, and it was this tiny little strip mall, which was really just a tiny little uh, reptile store, and they were looking for zookeepers is what they called it. So uh, I applied for it. I got mm-hmm. in, and it was literally like probably like, I don't know, 800 square feet, not even. And uh, I was just taking care of a couple little reptile store with just tons of animals. That reptile store over the years slowly grew. Uh, to become actually now the largest uh, reptile facility or even reptile zoo in Canada. Um, wow. They actually now are in your area sometimes. I don't know if you ever heard of Little Ray's uh, Reptile Adventure. So, uh, I think so. It sounds familiar. Like, it does, and I'm not sure why, and that probably is because I'm barely paying attention to the world around me but yeah that's no worries but uh so that's where i really started was uh i worked for them for about uh, 10 years they started from a tiny tiny little zoo and i've grown into expanding to a few different uh locations in canada and now are expanding to doing a lot of museums in the states and such and they're uh-huh. doing really really well anyway the the owners are paul and sherry Goulet, and they're amazing people and uh yeah they got my start but uh in the first three months that I was working there, uh, some girl told me, she's like, you should get a snake. I'm like, what do you mean, get a snake? Never even thought about it. Never even realized you could keep that as a pet. <laughs> I mean, uh, so um, uh, I'm French, obviously, uh, and you did butcher my name. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> That's good. No, no, yeah. That's good. <laughs> One of the employees yeah. there is like saying like, you should go to this pet store. Uh, they have snakes for sale. And ironically, the name of the store is Le Salon du Chien Plus, which translates to, uh, I guess, the room of the dog or the, the living room of the dogs. And uh, they had this tiny little section with, uh, with snakes. And I, it, it shames me to say it, but uh, my first pet snake was a ball python. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know the, the the plain ordinary ball python back then. That's all there was. Uh, I got one, and one expanded to two. Two expanded to uh, my first carpet python, which at that point, uh, now I look back at it, and I mean it was just sold as a carpet python. Uh, judging from what it was, I would say it was probably a coastal um, West Papuan uh, cross, is okay. my guess. But uh, 
you know, I, I started with that and over the next couple of years, it slowly grew. I, I honestly had just about everything in the nineties, uh, from, uh, a large African rock to a large black throated monitor that had a room to, uh, blood pythons to scrub pythons, which were worth nothing back then to, uh, I don't know, just about everything and kind of kept all these different oddball species. And it was often just one of everything, right? Um, mm -hmm. Never even considered breeding for five, six, seven years. It was just about keeping back then. It was kind of nice, to be honest. It was uh, worry-free. <laughs> um, <laughs> just yeah. enjoying the animal. Yeah, uh, again. No, it was really fun. And like often you guys, I hear you talk about how it was back then. <laughs> uh, I still remember, like uh, I always laugh. My first cage was uh, a typical like aquarium, but that had a sliding top. And then okay. so I put it on these two by fours to, to, to lift it off the ground. And then I wanted to expand its cage. So there was no real way of doing it. So I ended up building a cage underneath it. And I used air duct, metal air ducts to connect the top <laughs> to the bottom. It was okay. genius. That's awesome. I mean, like, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the only problem is the, the snake would always hide in the air duct. It would be yeah. impossible to get it out. But anyway, the, the, you think of the weird things you did, uh, 30 years ago. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was maybe not 30, 35 years ago. Uh, tried that. Um, and, uh, I bred my first, uh, carpet pythons back in the, uh, the late nineties. And, okay. um, back then to give you an idea, I was selling them for 60 bucks and 60 bucks Canadian. That's, uh, what, 30, $35, $40 American. So, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> yeah, before the morph stuff, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd buy that, you know, that they, that's about right. They, they were, curious. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go no ahead. I was going to say, I'm curious, like, what was the carpet python, you know, uh, hobby like back then in the 90s? Like, uh, what? I knew what? nobody that had them. But keep in mind, nobody. you had no okay. real, like, the, the zoo had uh, probably five or six. Um, okay. I, they would, if I remember well, you know, they had, like, one striped, and it wouldn't have been a bale in line. It would have just been a striped. Uh, they would have had, like, uh, the oddball species, but there's no such thing as pure. It was just carpet, carpet. pythons. There was just no such thing pythons. as locality associated to anything. Right. I so, right. Um, just like my, my first girl, I think she was, like, and a lot of people say they had big carpet pythons, but back then my first one has got to be eight feet and a half probably, and she was huge. But, you know, I was just feeding her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was feeding her every week, one or two adult rats, and she would eat. And, uh, I would, uh, I remember my first clutch, she must've given me a good 30 plus eggs. And, uh -huh. um, initially my first two incubators were the incubator that, uh, you know, is the large, I don't know, a styrofoam cooler with uh -huh. bricks in it, water, uh -huh. and you'd have your, uh, a water heater made for tanks. So I'd put my water heater in the tank with my egg box on top vermiculite okay. and uh then the eggs on top and uh, that was one of them then i, I upgraded to hovabaters so i don't know if you guys have ever done hovabaters it basically yes dry. that was my first incubator yeah. where you had to turn the <laughs> turn the metal waffle exactly. and it was you, like yeah you turned that and, little knob that was the best thing back then but it's the best thing for cooking your eggs it, oh yeah oh yeah like they dried, dried the hell up oh yeah my first clutch was murdered i don't i don't even <laughs> understand how i hatched out carpet pythons back then but you know what it worked like you you made it work right right and, that uh, was all you had that was that was that was t I, it was i think the hovabater and then those 
G-O-F, like, chicken incubators where you just ripped out the rotating shelves and put in, like, flat ones. And that was pretty much the same thing as a Hubbabator, but it had a digital readout. And that was the best incubators you could get. <laughs> like, that was it. Uh, yeah, I like everything. And I, I, I got to admit, my first snake had the little sticker on the windows that said the term, the thermometer, you know, like the, the yeah, green. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look <laughs> at it now, changer. completely, completely, completely useless. Uh, the heat pad, it was heat pads. I never used heat rocks. I saw them for sale, but I never used them. But the heat pad was just plugged in. Like yeah. there was no such thing as thermostat. I remember getting my first Helix, and you right. look back at a Helix now at how like they. I have one that still works. I don't use it, but it still does work. They were, I don't even know if they're still in business now. Uh, huh. I, I want to say they. I don't know because the thing is, is that the 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 thermostats that um, I've not seen Helix in a long, long time, and I, I know they were associated with Freedom Breeders for a while that you could like have your rack delivered with a Helix on it. What's really weird is the um, the Johnson's thermostats seem to be making a resurgence oh, because um, really yeah they're becoming more available because they are still used in like air conditioning and like normal uh, normal day stuff not reptile crap <laughs> like you know it's that thing so um, yeah I don't oh. know. Weird. Very cool. No, so uh, yeah, so that was basically where I started. From there, you know, I've I I never tried to breed ball pythons. I've actually never done it. I kept a mm -hmm. few colorbreds. The only colorbreds I really kept and truly enjoyed were bull snakes. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to get back into them. I just honestly I don't have the space for it. I can only keep so many snakes, and uh, I don't know. Things have got to kick the bucket because I can't fit everything. <laughs> So, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, like, the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, except for that, I've got kind of a story of uh, getting in and out of the hobby. I don't know if you guys want me to share that or not. Uh, no, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kept snakes for probably about I don't know a good ten plus years and all that, and then I got two really bad occurrences that happened about at the same time within about three months. The first one was. Um, uh, there was an amoeba that got into a collection of one of my friends. And uh, back then, I, like now, looking back at it, honestly, I thought it was nidovirus, but it wasn't. Uh, they had okay. this type of amoeba that got into their collection that started killing off snakes. And they oh, lost God. over half of their snakes. And it was really, really uh, runny stools and all that. And back then, the vets didn't know much about reptiles. So right. my friend ended up going to the vet, getting a prescription, getting all that done. Uh, unfortunately, one of my animals had just come back from uh, a breeding loan, and mm. uh, being the responsible keeper that I was back then, I'm um, right back into its cage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right with all the other <laughs> animals. And uh, so, um, the lucky thing for me is uh, the amoeba never ever ended up coming to my collection. Uh, okay. The unlucky thing is I did the responsible thing and went to see the same vet and decided to proactively treat all my snakes just in case. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the vet back then ended up overdosing the animals about uh, give or take 10 to 15 times the dosage it should have had. Uh, Holy all, shit. all my animals that were treated started having seizures. And uh, oh. I don't know if you've ever seen a snake have a seizure. Yeah, um, I have. It's it, not it, fun. It does a spiral, right? It just keeps yeah. spinning and spinning and spinning. So I was uh, basically just dosing the animals with uh, Valium continuously trying to make them stop and trying to make them stop and it would work but then they'd have another seizure and then have another seizure 
Um, Jesus. Back then, I probably had about, uh, it was mainly, I'd say it was about 80% carpet pythons and uh, probably a collection of maybe 30 or 40 animals, but I was still young, and for me, that was a lot. And uh, I ended up losing half my animals to, um, to, 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 to seizures, uh, seizure coma death. So they, and uh, I lost a good amount of animals. And I'm not going to lie, that destroyed me, including I lost my first jag. Uh, <laughs> I don't oh, know if you guys remember how expensive jags were back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there was a comma, <laughs> like, and <So, laughs> they 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 were not like I don't even I actually don't even sell my jags for anymore. Well, we can get into that later, but to me, a yeah. jags worth less than the normal form, almost in my mind. So, right. uh, but that I ended I ended up losing uh, my first jag, and I had my first clutch of jags that year. And I was mm. so happy. Like, I was like, oh, my God, these are, back then, they were about 3,000 Canadian. So you're looking at about, I don't know, $2,200, $2,400 American. So right. whatever, yeah, that, that, it kind of gives yeah. you an idea of what the, the, the time lapse is. But only <laughs> two of my baby Jags uh, had survived. I lost the adults. Uh, oh, it was horrible. It was, oh, and uh, a little later, maybe about three or four months later. Anyway, I ended up, short story to that is that uh, I ended up going at the vet. He, uh he uh, he knew what he had done, and uh, I got compensation from the vet clinic. But I mean, nothing compared to the value of the animals. But yeah, uh, I got no. something out of it. And about three or four months later, uh, back then my room had ambient, and it was on a big oil um, oil heater. And basically, mm -hmm. you went on the heater, and you would put it, let's say, to, uh, I don't know, ambient at seventy-eight, and I would set it to seventy-eight. Well, I had uh, my son, that's now twenty years old, was probably around. I don't know, this is much younger, six, seven years old. And uh, he still doesn't know he did that. But he played with uh, the, the digital reader. I came back the next morning. Oh, it, was, it was at 110. So mm. uh, I lost about another half of my collection. And again, things back then were not on the thermostats. Like it's yeah, I feel yeah. terrible about it. Because to me, you look at it and now these are avoidable mistakes. Uh, those two big events, I lost so many of my animals. And, you know, after doing it for so many years, you've worked so hard for a collection. It destroyed me. Um, I ended up selling everything uh, and got out of the hobby completely. And uh, I'd say about seven years ago now, um, my son remembers having snakes in the house. He's like, I wish we could have snakes again. I want a snake. I want a snake. And finally, he tells me, uh, I want to buy, uh, I want a snake for Christmas. And I'm like, it's pretty hard to say no. So I decided mm -hmm. I'm going to buy you a snake. Right. I'm going to get you something really, really nice. Like something, because I know I'm going right. to be the one that ends up taking care of it. So I ended up uh, contacting Jeff Favell. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that name before. Yeah. 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 So I think he's the original have, of yeah. the, he owns the neon lines of Jags that ended up going to make the Gammas. If, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So if, I, if I got kind of the history right. So I ended up buying a, yep. a pure, that's correct, right? So I yeah. ended up buying yeah. a pure jungle from him that was high-end, and I paid, honestly, way too much for it. But I was like, I wanted the perfect specimen. It was going to be our first animal and blah, blah, blah. So that was my son's snake for about a year or two, and I was so worried that it would get me back in the hobby, right? Because I was like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like keeping your distance from it? No, no. <laughs> So, yeah, one, and then my son's really talking to me about wanting to breed it, wanting to breed it. So finally, I agree, you know what, we're, we're going to look and we're going to get you a second snake. And uh, we ended up uh, 
getting a second snake, and then I really like that snake too. So two became three, became yes. five, and then, it and again. then <laughs> you know about six years ago, seven, five or six years ago, it just reboomed. Uh, but what amazed me is how everything was so different. The mm-hmm. price points on everything, the morphs, everything. Like I remember, like I dreamed of an albino back then, and now yeah. I could buy an albino for a few hundred bucks. Right. You yeah. know, like things change so much, and uh, yeah. So uh, I guess that's kind of my history of how I got here. And now, for the past seven years, I've been uh, back into it. The collection has grown tremendously. Uh, every, <clears throat> I'd say, ninety-nine percent, maybe except one, of all my collection is everything is just bought as neonates, and everything has been maturing in the past two to three years. So the past two or three years, I restarted breeding again, and uh, it's been going really well. Yeah. Awesome. So what what is, I mean, now that you're back in it for the second time, what is like your favorite part of it this go round that you didn't have last time, or what is different that you enjoy most? <laughs> the quality of everything. I mean, there like, you go. <laughs> if uh, if I look at my room, I wish I could, like if I could post a picture. I don't even have the pictures on me, but maybe one mm. day I'll try to send. If I looked at my room back then, it was all like wooden enclosure and i'm pretty good with wood but i'd build like all these wooden enclosures with plexiglass tied and the doors and you know you're misting that down because back then i missed it everything i don't know why um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right yeah (laughs) the the water would get into everything i mean everything you would have to move and you'd cry uh Mm. every cage was Two three hundred pounds. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it was hell. And now, like when I got back into it, obviously I'm I'm a bit older. I've got a a good paying job. I'm uh, you know I'm I'm doing well for myself. So I'm, I'm when I got back then, like there is no such thing as wood in my room. Everything yeah. is PVC. <laughs> right. If it's not PVC, it's not coming in. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if you look at that, if you look at um, how uh, like everything's evolved from our thermostats to our to the lighting, to the, like, even lighting back then, you think of how you heated animals. I would I would have all these light bulbs in the ceiling with all the mesh, and I still see people with that around, and I don't get it, with the mesh around it to mm-hmm. cover the animal to prevent it from burning itself. But I mean, like, how much of a pain in the butt is that? Just buy an LED light, stick it on there, the animal can touch it, and it doesn't matter. Right, right. it won't hurt itself. Yeah. Why are you using the, the light as a heat source? Like all mm-hmm. the equipment is amazing. The animals, the morphs, and uh, I, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm as much a purist as a uh, a morph guy. I've got both, and uh, there okay. there are definite lines I will not cross. But uh, <laughs> I have a little bit of A and a little bit of B, and uh, I I love them both. So that's kind of where I'm at. What's the line you won't cross? Like where's the um, where's the line the, in the sand the, for you? The hybrid line. So okay. If okay. I if I was to say I don't know I've got for example I've got an inland male that's almost five and a half years old now, and I am mm-hmm. dying to breed it, but his girl's not ready. And uh, so, I was looking at like the albinos, and I'm like, God damn it, it would be nice to produce albino. <laughs> no, but like you see the albino Bradleys, holy shit, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Incredible. But I will not cross that line. Don't do it. No, yeah, I won't. I just can't won't. do it. <laughs> like, I, I just... have you seen the albino inlands in, oh, um, I did. in Australia? I, I, yeah. The guy, I, actually, he showed me an albino silver peppered inland. Yeah. Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. <laughs> like. It's it's an all new level. Can you imagine if we had silver pepper here? Uh, oh God, I'd love it. I would like well, and 
I I've, think everybody I've, would want inlands then. All exactly, that and I've talked about inlands a bunch, but I just it comes down to it is I don't have enough space yet, yeah. so and I keep getting colorblind. To give you, so <laughs> I keep doing other things. You guys keep talking yeah. about inlands as in like the non-popular snake in the states, right? I am, yeah. as far yeah. as I know, the only person in Canada that has a pair of inlands or that has an inland. Really? They, there really? are none in Canada. It took me years to find them. Uh, there, like they were. Why? <laughs> well, nobody breeds them, and people. Even don't. a guy like Don Patterson, so he doesn't have any. I. The only way I got my female uh, was through Don Patterson through an import from the states, and I got my males from uh, UK pythons. Oh, because <laughs> wow. they had to go from the UK to the states well, they, to you. They, <laughs> it's like, there's, there's none. There's, they just oh don't exist. So in the like, it's just the like we can talk about the market in Canada after, but it's a completely different world here. Like you guys can go to a show and you know you'll you'll see like I I, I hear you guys talk about like the 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 row of carpets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm dreaming of seeing that. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to, but it's, it's not here. And just so we're clear, because I know probably it's the majority of Americans, uh, I'm in one of the biggest cities in Canada. Uh, uh-huh. I am beside Toronto, which is probably a city that everybody knows. The biggest Toronto, the biggest show in uh, is uh, the Canadian Reptiles Breeders Expo, which I, I think you guys probably know that one. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's uh-huh. the biggest one. But I mean, the biggest show is... I don't know, 120 tables. And out of those tables, every single time I would go, I would count how many carpet pythons I see. And uh, because if my son didn't come, he'd be like, you have to take a picture of every one of them and show it to me. And, um, (laughs) you know, I would see eight, nine, sometimes 10 animals. And uh, the animals would be like one from random pet store that took a table that, you know, it's written carpet python on it. Okay. You, you know, they and have no idea. You, you have no right. idea. Yeah. Or it'll be written right. jungle carpet python. Then you ask him where he got it. And he's like, oh, I just bought it from this dude that sold them to me. So I'm like, so cool. how do you know it's a jungle? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this like all these animals, you you don't want them. They're just right. they're they're the throw. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but they're for me. Yeah, yeah The yeah. animal I do not want in my collection to breed. Not a throwaway yeah. snake, but you know what I mean. Like it's a. It, yeah. it, it's. It, I mean, it would it would to throw it into your projects would be doing a disservice to the project if it was something that had a, a, a lineage and a line and a and a, a species attached to it yeah no it's not they're not they're not bad snakes or bad projects it's just doing adding them to yours would just be i mean wrong <laughs> like it just be like it just wouldn't work it, it, why it would yeah. not like um yeah give you an idea if i if i am uh like I, I talk to almost everybody that i know of that uh keeps carpets in uh, canada uh the biggest uh-huh. name is obviously don patterson uh right. don patterson is i mean pretty much worldwide known and uh i think you guys have had him once or twice on your show as well yep. uh, yeah. great great guy amazing breeder has gorgeous animals i mean he's uh you talk about people you look up to for me he's definitely one of those um i mean i'd say i don't know a third of my animals are from don patterson maybe less uh and if they're not directly from him they're bought from him and then i got them through him uh purely because if i wanted something pure coastal that's the only place i could go or i would have to do an import uh through uk pythons because it's easier yeah. to get from Europe than from the States. Don't ask me why. I am getting something from the States <laughs> is next to impossible. So really? it's it's like that border you can't cross. Like I see everything on the side and it's so cheap 
trying to get it here. <laughs> like, uh, right. uh, like I don't even want to say, but I, the, 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 uh, the inlands, I think were 1200 uh, Canadian. So 1200 Canadian, you're looking at, I don't know, 900 American. Okay. So I don't know what the price is in uh, the States for an inland, but, uh, it gives you an idea of how much I had to pay for it. And, uh, wow. it took me over two years to get it. I don't think they're, I think they're 900 at this point. I want to say no, they're, I think, I want to yeah. say inlands are probably maybe. Um, hold on, I'll tell you in a second. Hey, so again, I want to say they're like they're closer to six, but it's just like that's. But that's insane. Yeah, I think they're six. Yeah. But then also to be the one that has potentially some of the only ones in Canada. I mean, that's kind of awesome to think about every once in a while. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. all y'all are going to figure out that. These things are awesome, and I have them already. Okay. So the problem you're missing is that even if I get babies, who would I sell them to? Valid point. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where you're missing the goal, right? Um, yeah. Like the the big breeders here don't sell to Canada. So okay. if uh, like I'd say the two biggest breeders that I know of would be Don Patterson, which does it full time, and probably uh, NBK Reptiles. And both of those, I'd say the majority of their animals, they don't sell in Canada. They uh, export. They, they export store. out of country, in, uh, and that's where they make all their money, just because there's just no market for it here. Like, uh, wow. I, I, and it's funny, because if I want to buy a pure, let's say, jungle, and I want to get mm-hmm. a pure jungle, uh, I don't know, pure jungle German line, I'll pay 500 But even if I have pure jungles for sale, I have a hard time selling them for 200 because there's just nobody here unless I end up importing them. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I sold a lot of my babies. I only have 12 babies left this year. So right. Um, right. we can get into what I bred and what I got later if you want. But uh, I ended up uh, producing 54 hatchlings this year, which I know probably compared to you guys is not a lot, but uh, enough to keep my hands full. And out of those, I only have 12 less for sale. So I'm still doing well, but I'm selling mm-hmm. them at next to wholesale price. And wow, uh, I geez. was offered wholesale, which is, and I'm selling him probably about 25, 50, 75 bucks over that. And just because I was like, I'm not in a hurry to sell them. I want to raise them. I want to do that and this. And uh, now I'm at the point where they've been here for six months. And I'm like, well, I'm actually losing money now on them because I'm feeding them and they're. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's just such a different market. Like it's. Uh, it's it, it it God, I wish I was in the states for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we we you take that stuff we I I know we take it for granted down yeah. here like I know we do. So it's, um, it's so crazy though because you're just right there, <laughs> you know. I mean, but it's a Cites one animal, right? Uh, so yeah. talking yeah. about a Cites one animal, you're looking at. Uh, Give or take, I, I'd probably have to. Last time I inquired, it's 950 bucks Canadian for import the import permit for one animal, and I might be off a bit on money. And as far as I know, then it goes up to about 1200, maybe 1100 for two, and then 1200 for three, and then after that, it doesn't matter how many you get. So that's as far as I know, that's how the the guys do it here. Like I'd say about once a year, tons of guys mm-hmm. get together and import always from Europe because it seems to be okay. the easy way to do it. And uh, right. so then you get on a gigantic order with them, and then the you know twelve thirteen hundred hours of import or you whatever permits is all spread 
throughout everybody and then you pay the shipping then once it gets brought into canada it gets brought into one province or in your case a state and then we ship it back to everybody and you pay that extra shipping so it makes it worthwhile but except for that one time a year yeah. that's hard and uh oh. <laughs> i i that's... almost got on that order this year and i i bailed out because i spent too much money already on another snake so that's another story <laughs> <laughs> we uh that's that's similar to what um Nick does with Paul and like yeah. how I would get in on it. Once you know, a year it would, like, come yeah, in. once a year he would put your wish list together and you know, hopefully Paul has it if he doesn't. And a couple times he found that, that somebody that does, but that's how like he got Duns Pythons from Europe and all those crazy things. But uh, isn't it weird like when you think about that where it's like a one one time a year or one this, one that? And then you got guys for like like Dan Maleri and um, you know, uh Cameron, where it's like this month comes Indo, next month Africa. It's like Jesus Christ. Like yeah. there's always a, a crate of something coming. Right. That it's like just just full of animals. And it's just like to to have to prep all that stuff and then deal with the animals once they've arrived and take care of them and you know uh, inspect them and deworm them and stuff like that and then turn right around about a month month and a half later and prepare for more or from a different continent it's like Jesus that's it's got to be mind numbing wow makes you wonder how they do it especially wild caught animals yeah. like I don't think you realize oh, yeah. how blessed we are that Australia is closed there's no such thing as wild caught. <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm yeah. being serious. Like, there's, yeah, you're you're not getting an animal full. Okay, maybe the the West Papans or IJs, if you prefer calling them that, it's it's slightly different, right? But except for that, like, I've literally never ever had to deworm an animal because I've never, okay, except in the '90s, I've never owned a wild caught uh, carpet python. Like, right. yeah. I, uh, I'm 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 pretty big into IJs as well, but uh, none of mine are are wild caught. So just because no. I I don't know where to get them. I'd love to import a few, and uh, it would be a new experience for me to try to to do the whole wild-caught thing, but uh, I've got nobody here that does it. I probably could figure it out, but, I mean, I can find them. So I, I, I don't yeah. think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a market up there to sell to, you're sort of... Oh. I mean, bring, bringing in wild-caughts would just be for your own benefit to improve your bloodlines and then make yourself happy, but... Yeah. I mean, you're not enhancing a project for anybody else. There's still, like, people often ask me, like, I'll always remember, I would go to shows, and I'm telling people I'm looking for carpet pythons, like, why? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, what's wrong with you? What? That's <laughs> what I love. I'm like, and it, and I think it's because it was my first snakes after the two ball pythons, and yeah, um, right. they were the ones, like, you know, ball buy my boa morph this, this, and this. I'm like, well, but but I don't like them. <laughs> right, right. You don't want a scaleless corn snake that's got one eyeball? I mean, like, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm no, not. I, uh, no, thank yeah, you. I'm the same way. Are, are ball well, pythons popular up there in Canada? Are insane. they like the snake of choice? Insane. Really? Insane. It's so, like, well, it's everything. Like, he, everybody here that has a collection of more than 10 animals, I'd say the mid, almost every single one of them is a ball python owner. Okay. And I, you go to a reptile show, like, I just skip from one table to the ball python, goodbye, next. Ball python, goodbye, next. Then you'll have, I'd say the, the dominating things are ball pythons, crested geckos, leopard geckos, bearded dragons. All the morph and, stuff, everything that's got a, yeah, a shit ton of and morphs. And I mean, that's, that's about 75% of the tables. That being said, in the past 
I'd say maybe two or three years, there's been a slight change. You're starting to see more diversity. Right. So, but there's still, those are still the dominating things. And I mean, if you're not into ball pythons, the shows are like, it, it almost makes you hate them because you go yeah. there hoping to see anything else than a ball python. And like, you're, you're, you're going to see a, I don't know, $10,000 ball python. And I just don't care. Right. Like, it's just another pretty. And don't, like, there's a part of me that wishes I would be into that because like, Think It'd be so much, much easier. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you're, you're saying that, but I, I actually don't know how to breed a ball python. I no, but I mean, like, just so much easier <laughs> to get access to them. Like, I, I've thought about yeah. this a million times where it's like, you know, it, you, you, you're going on some, like, website or this, that, and the other place, and, you know, you're trying to sell a lawnmower on Craigslist, and then there's a shit ton of ball python morphs. Like, if I cared, they're all right here. Like, it, they're everywhere. I could throw yeah. a stick and hit a ball python breeder. So... Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm not quite sure where I was going with that rant, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's no, no, like, and again, I, I love that people have animals, right. but ball pythons are, they're just not my thing. That's why, like, I remember, like, I don't know, I probably started listening to your podcast about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, near the start, and yes, I did listen to the first few. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, like, imagine my like my eyes i was so thrilled like when i found out that oh my god not only there's some people that keep the same weird species as me right that's all they talk about i'm like (laughs) no it was insane because nobody here like there's only a few guys like i happen to have one of my good buddies here sean melanson that has a couple of uh carpet pythons he's probably got a collection of i don't know 40 or so and i mean He's one of the few that do. And huh. uh, it's just like, again, I don't know everybody, and I'm sure there's, there's a good amount. There's, there's, but I'd be surprised if there's, there's a dozen or a few dozens of us maximum in Canada. There's, there's barely any, and it's, it's sad. Like, I wish the hobby was as big as what you guys have. Like, like having buddies, that, like, if right now my, I need to leave on a trip, my, mm-hmm. the closest person to me that I can truly trust and that keeps them is an hour and 10 minutes away so it's kind of like Ugh, yeah, not yeah. Great. that Damn. sucks wow that's weird how uh yeah it's just crazy how different the market can be just in a you know it's from what we're used to we kind i i don't know i kind of think like it's always kind of the same you know i guess i don't know the, the states is its own uh machine man i don't know how else to say it yeah <laughs> And the problem is Canada is like we're we're like the 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 sister of the states. We're right. stuck. Whatever yeah. you do, we're stuck doing. So when you guys yeah. elected Trump, it screwed us too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not getting into that. Yeah, please yeah. no. Please no. That's for another podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's talk about. Um, we'll get into we'll get into market stuff a little more too as we go through but i wanted sure. to talk about like your approach to keeping i mean so you know like uh, do you, what's your uh, you said about you know no more wooden cages and all that kind of stuff okay. but uh <laughs> you're all pvc and and but like yeah, what's your what's your uh well, I, I can kind of go through what i do um yeah tell me what you think if you think i'm sure yeah. everybody keeps slightly different but i'm mm-hmm. a huge huge fan of pvc purely because okay. when you move it's super simple yeah. Every time I get a PVC cage, I modify the shit out of it, though. Um, okay. So first thing I'll do is I'll take off all the locks. I'll put my own locks that are the same as every door. 
I'll take off, uh, I'll add three strips of uh, PVC on top of every cage that are about an inch long to be able to lift each cage from the next cage and glue okay. it on top so that whenever I'm, a, I, I'm still old school, I'm still using uh, underbelly heat. I have bought all the um, geez, uh, heating panels. Right. Um, uh, honestly, I've tried it for over six months. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> it's uh, how do you keep a gradient? I, it just, I, like in a four foot by two feet cage, mm -hmm. the, the heat is almost like it's going up to three feet on the side. I just can't keep a proper gradient. Like I like having my cages at, let's say the, the ambient. So, so getting back to that, my ambient is usually around 78, 79 for the entire room. Okay. And then I'll have a hot spot. But with, when I would use heat panels, I mean, if you wanted a, a hot spot of, let's say, I don't know, under the branch or under the, uh, the shelf at 88, um, two feet later, it'd be 87, 86. Mm -hmm. And then I would barely get to the 79 by the other end. Anyway, for me, it just didn't work. I, uh, okay. Maybe my cages aren't big enough, or maybe I'm doing it wrong. But, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still not against the idea. But, I don't know. It, it, so, works, <laughs> it works really well without them. So maybe I, I can give you a tip. Um, sure. I was talking to uh, my, uh, my friend Nipper Reed, and we were talking about um, just that thing with uh, heat panels and sort of like heat panels, I think, are kind of made for heating the whole cage, you know? Like you get a little bit of a gradient, but it's not the same. It's not a basking spot per mm -hmm. se, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you feel about the mowing, but that's sort of like what, that's sort of why I want to move away my diamonds from having those and right. more, having more of, uh, you know, like. Uh, um, I think uh, you should rip out the panels and give them to your friend Owen because he uses them <laughs> and they can be expensive. But right. I, I would say that I think one of the biggest things is a lot of people get a panel that's too big for the cage. Okay. And I think people would honestly got to be surprised of yes. how powerful a small panel will do. Yes. And I've fallen into that where I had like one that almost took up the entire ceiling and that's just stupid. So, um, well, um, isn't the, you know, pro. So I'm the main yeah. big company here in the States is, um, is pro products that makes okay. the pro heat panels. And like right. a lot of people are, you know, I don't know. It seems, and I would be guilty of this myself. It's like, you know, I just want to go onto a website and order a panel. Buy it. But, right, uh, yeah. The guy that runs that, I don't know his name. I, 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 I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, um, he would, uh, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, ask what kind of snake you're having, what's the size of the cage, you know, and all this. And then he tells you what to, what to get. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it seems kind of silly, like why you would have to do that. But I think to Owen's point, like, you know, you, you, you may think like, oh, I'm going to get the 70 watt one. And it's like, holy shit, it's, it's cooking everything in there. But um, Arcadia makes this, uh, it's called um, uh, deep uh, heat projector. And basically it's just like, um, it's a focused uh, basking spot. Okay. And, um, you know, he's been telling me that, you know, his reptiles, the snakes and stuff that he's keeping and whatnot, just love them and that they're, uh, they're great. But, uh, he's, he sort of doesn't, I, I don't want to say he doesn't like, um, heat panels, but, uh, that's sort of what he's moved to. So it, it almost makes me wonder if heat panels would then work maybe better for the keeper that doesn't have an ambient temperature. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Maybe that's why it doesn't work for me. 
Yeah. So, but, oh, so you do ambient temp in the so, room? Yeah, so I can get back to, to keeping. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. ambient temp. So okay. all year round except breeding season, which we can get into later if you'd like, uh, mm-hmm. all year round is 78, 79 for my room. Okay. I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I'll usually have one tiny fan in the top corner just trying to move a bit of hot air, and that's okay. about it. And then so then every single cage, as soon as I get them, change the locks, change the hinges. I add those little strips to be able to stack them. If I move them, they always fit. Uh, I add, uh, let's say, on a four by two cages, which are probably 90% of all my cages, I'll mm-hmm. add a 12-inch... Underbelly heat that's about 12 inch by 24 to fit exactly one quarter of the cage. Okay. That and that'll be set on one side, complete. Let's say complete left. Put on a, a thermostat, and then every single cage will have uh, an LED light. That is uh, honestly, I just buy them at uh, Home Depot, and it's just uh, an undermount for going in uh, under cabinet three lighting. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. LED lights, and it makes the cages look great. Uh, then uh, a lot of people often uh, say that lighting means nothing for breeding. I, I, I use lighting as one of my main things. Um, what I like to do is I, I don't know if I've heard people say it or not, but uh, I buy the timers on Amazon that are the timers that are set to uh, the sunset and uh, sunrise. Oh, so that uh, every single one of my lights are set up to the identical uh, sunset sunrise so in other words my light will turn on at sunrise and turn Mm -hmm. off at sunset so some people will do eight hours and then 12 hours but mine are just slowly extending and then slowly trimming and they do it all year round in these perfectly well exactly the same thing especially now that i i I recently moved about a month and a half ago and uh, my new snake room has a window in it so now the window matches all my light cages too at the exact same time and uh, I find it great because, number one, um, for the lazy keeper, you don't need to do anything. Right. right. Your lights <laughs> are always perfectly timed. And they go on, they extend, and, uh, and you just set it. Like, you literally just set the date where you are, and it will do every single thing for you. And they're only about, I don't know, probably the equivalent of about 15 bucks American a timer. Yeah. So, I don't know. What is it, what is it, what is it called? Like, uh, 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 what would you look up? Uh, I think like, it's like some kind of a chronological timer or something. I, I'd have to gotcha. look it up. I can. Okay. Yeah. I, no worries. I can try to look it up. But if you uh, if if you look it up, it's it's really not that hard to find. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, that's what I've used, and uh, I've been doing that forever. And I'm a huge fan of uh, getting babies and doing the same thing forever. Okay. So that this yes. way, if they're used to that light, it's going to be like that when they're four years old, five years old, and breathing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so the room would have those lights and, um, yeah, everything's PVC. I used to have a lot of racks. Um, I, nothing wrong against racks. They work well. They're great. They're actually, they're fantastic, but I hate not seeing my animals. So I've been slowly moving away from racks to the point mm-hmm. that the only racks I have now in my cages in my room are, uh, mm-hmm. neonate racks. So the six quarts and nothing else. Okay. And uh, initially, I didn't know how I would move away from like the the 16 quarts or the 32 quarts and so on, because they're great, man. You can fit, you know, so many snakes in there, and uh, they yeah. they thrive. They thrive. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I ended up doing is I found um, I found these cages that were, let's say, you have a four by two, but it'll be split into five cages. So you have like these okay. 10 inch wide cages that are two feet deep and you have its own little separate windows 
And then I would end up going to buy, instead of buying a long LED, uh, again, under cabinet lights, but you know how you can get just a little tiny spotlights? Uh-huh. And one tiny little <clears throat> spotlight in every single cage and then run a nice big strip down the back so that every single cage has, again, the back quarter heated. Uh, but the difference is now I can look at a, you know, a yearling, uh, see it from the window. And it's so interesting because I, honestly, I never see my babies move because they're always in a bin. Right. And uh, I'm starting to find, like, I, I'm at the point now I'm trying to figure out how can I make my six quarts into a visual cage. I don't know. I haven't figured out that one yet. Right. But uh, I don't know. I love, I love visually seeing all the animals move. Um, so that's something I'm moving away. But again, I, I have nothing to say wrong about stubs, and they're great. My quarantine upstairs in my room are tubs just because it works well. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm sure you probably heard me say a million times that, like, you know, this is before even the debate of the tubs versus racks type of yep. thing where, like, uh, you know, it's more for the keeper than the kept, you know. I don't really think that the snake cares what kind of box it's in. Yeah. It's a box, yeah. It doesn't. It, <laughs> it is nicer to see in the box, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's sort of why we have them, right? Yeah. You know, you kind of go in your room and you're like, oh, look at that. Look at what that's doing. Oh, look yeah. at that. What that. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I. I have all these lights, and I'm like, I will wait until I move again, because then that's when I'm going to put all the lights in, and I'm going to get all the cages up on casters and stuff like that. But then every couple of weeks, I'm just like. I should put the lights in now just because I would really like to see everybody a little bit better and they have better eyesight than I do. And it's getting a little dangerous. Like it's, I'd like to see the Timor Python coming at my face. So yeah, but I would love, I like the idea of lights now. So I I love lights. Honestly, it's the probably the smartest thing that anybody could put in their cages. Yeah. Um, You know, I would, about for like uh, for for babies and stuff, um, I was thinking about doing some kind of a homemade rack, or even if you got one of those wire baker racks or whatever mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and then like put some like nano, um, uh, what are they? The um, the hell's the brand? I mean, you could drill holes and run an LED like light strip up the side of a rack if you really wanted to. Oh like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I was thinking like um oh, I can't think of what they're called. You know, the 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 cages that exoterras, right? So yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and then build in the racks of the exoterras. Yeah. yeah, I like that idea. Um and then I could put, you know, lighting across the top and you could. That would look pretty cool. It's like yeah. what poison dart frog breeders do. They just have like these giant wood racks with a bunch of exactly. exoterras turned around and it's like aha. So, so that might be uh, an idea for you for that's sort of like what I'm trying to uh to work up um, for babies for me, you know? Yeah. It would be cool. It would be nice to see him. Uh, just getting back on the subject earlier, yeah. I just pulled up my Amazon there. It's uh, it's called, a, the brand is Woods, and it's called Astronomical Timer. Okay. So a seven-day, ast- Jesus, that's my French getting there. Ast- <laughs> astronomical, geez, that big word, timer. Yeah. You, you can cut that out, right? Yeah, no, 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 it's in there now forever. But um, it's... But, and I, I love it when Eric finds things like this because I'll go over to his house and there'll be like ten boxes of them. Be like, why? Be like, because I wanted it. All right. Like it's. I went over there the last time and he had a bunch of light fixtures and he was like, "Aren't these badass?" I'm like, "Where'd you get these?" Found them online. I'm like, "And you bought a, a truck full?" Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Right. And then, okay. um, uh, thermostats wise, 
Uh, I buy the the good high end thermostats for my incubator, so I I think I have a, a Herbstat and I have the VEs. Okay. Um, I happen to be using VE uh, right now, and honestly, it works great purely because I had that one before the Herbstat, and uh, right. it doesn't have as many functions. But honestly, it's been working great, so I'm leaving it in. Uh, but mm -hmm. all my individual cages, I find them expensive. So I uh, I bought these. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the Inkbirds. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yeah. They're, they're the cheaper thermometer, right? They're a uh, thermostat. They're around the, uh, they're, they're 43 bucks Canadian. So you're looking at about 35 bucks American. Right. And uh, per cage, I have one Ingberg per cage. And uh, honestly, they work to about a one degree accuracy. So not good enough for an incubator, but great enough for a hotspot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's what I run on everything. The only problem is that what what the machine reads is not what's actually on the hotspot. <laughs> so okay. Well, okay. It basically, every, the machine always reads a lot higher than it is. So, you know, I'm going to set it to, let's say, 98, and then I got to go temp gun after a couple mm -hmm. of hours. And then when I get to 87, 88, uh, when I have the perfect temperature, and then I'll leave it there. So the only problem is that when I post pictures and people are like, oh, my God, you're cooking your snakes. Because <laughs> every <laughs> Every single no, no, we're not. Yeah, and depending <laughs> on the size of the the heat pad underneath, depending on if it's on a higher cage or lower cage, mm -hmm. one might be reading 102, the other might be reading 96, the one at the bottom might be reading 92 because they're set to each of them. And like, it's funny because I, I know you guys are good friends of Riley Jemison, but he, yeah. uh, you know, uh, as soon as you saw pictures of my setup, the first thing is, uh, like, I think he wrote 102 question mark question mark question mark or some. Smart remark like that, and I'm like, right. like, God damn it! I knew somebody would say it. It had to be. Him. I hate this. <laughs> and oh, it, every wow. time I post a damn picture, and it's it, like you want to put duct tape on him every once in a while. Yeah, just I, for I always take pictures. So that's that's the problem with that. But you know what? It's I've been using them for seven or eight years. They work great. They're not expensive. They're reliable. I've had zero issues with them. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love for it to read the proper temperature. Uh, yeah, but they they were great. So that's that's what I do for everything's on a thermostat. That side, um, I am still a paper guy. I mm -hmm. I know a lot of people love substrate and all that, but basically my cage setups are paper on the ground, um, large usually cement tubs on one side. So you're looking at the cement tub that takes almost like I don't know a third of the cage. But the, I love the cement tubs because you drill a big huge hole on the side or two mm -hmm. entrances they can go in but they also can go on top of it, right? And it works as a yep. full So, yep. But the cement tubs, whenever they defecate, it goes on the side lids, which are mm. really annoying. So I just pass them down on a table saw, remove all the sides so they're nice and flat on the side. This way I have a cement tub. They have a shelf on top. On the opposite side, I'll have a large enough water bowl that they can always go into. Uh, I used to only use like just these huge ceramic bowls because I thought they needed to be heavy for them not to tip over. But mm. uh, you know what? Uh, a, a dish like a you know a dish tub as mm -hmm. soon as you yeah. put three or four liters of water in there it's not tipping so oh, yeah I, I just use that so and then on one side there'll always be a large enough water bowl they can soak um and a another uh probably use depending on the size of the snakes it'll either be uh, uh the smaller ones a six quarts or maybe a a uh, 16-quart tub, that that one will be with either cocoa mulch or with uh, cypress mulch, anything like that that's slightly humidified, so that mm -hmm. wet down and keep it so that if they want to use it, they can, but I always keep that on the cold side. 
And uh, then um, I'm a huge proponent of putting branches everywhere in them. So uh, all my branches are, uh, everybody always asks me where I go. Whenever I used to go boating, I'd find a nice, you know, those washed up logs that are beautiful that have no more. Um, yes. Bark, yeah. yeah, but they're hard as a rock. Like the, you mm-hmm. can tell. And then I'll chop them out of the space and then it's, uh, uh, they don't fit in your oven. So it's one of those things where I fill up my tub. I put them all in the tub. I put a bit of bleach in them, leave them in there for an entire day. Then after that, I do it with water. Then I run them through the shower to try to get everything out. And then I use them. And uh, they'll have that. And a lot of my cages, I started doing the, um, like, top hide boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're amazing. Like, uh, just, I, I would, I'll use extra PVC and make it that I can slide bins in and out, just like a rack system, through the mm-hmm. door when it's open. But the, 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 the bin that is kind of a sliding rack system will have a, a hole cut up on the side so the snake can go in and out. Uh, right. And they, they use it a lot because they give that extra gradient that it's on top of the cage. So mm-hmm. it could be a degree or two higher. And uh, no, I've had uh, great success with those two. I'd love to put them in everything, but it, uh, it takes a lot, to, a lot of building uh, time to build all those rails for each tub. Yeah, I, I got the ones that were 3D printed from specialty, um, uh, specialty enclosures. Yeah. yeah. And my rough scale won't, my female rough scale won't leave it. She found it. She got in it and she lives there now, like in it. I'm like, you have a, you have a giant cage with a bunch of stuff in it. No, just, she's good. Up, hide in the corner. So. Yeah. They, they love those, uh, those top hides. Like it. Oh yeah. I feel like it's something that almost every single cage and it's a great way to use unused space. Right. It's something, it's more. If you think about it, it's more floor space technically on the ceiling, and it's just more. It's why I also like the idea of having a tub that they can get into and on top of. It's like I'm taking away the floor space by putting the tub there, but then I'm also giving it back because now you can get on top of it. Right. So, yeah, it, it fits. Yeah. Do you, I'm just going to ask you a question yeah. real quick about the. Um, you know, so with the humid hide and then the bigger water bowls, I'm just curious. Do you notice that they utilize that? Do you see carpets uh, in there a lot? The, so the... I honestly, I never ever see any of my snakes in the water bowl ever, uh, <laughs> okay. including including the uh, IJs that a lot of people say IJs like to soak. Yeah. Uh, mine are broken. They don't. Soak. <laughs> uh, I honest. I've never. Okay, that's a lie. They didn't read the book. The, yeah, <laughs> the only time I see a, a snake submerge in water is if it's uh-huh. hides. That's the only time. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah. like I'd like to say I've never had them, but after doing this for so many years, I've had them. And usually, We've it always coincides them. three weeks after I've been at a reptile show. So uh, mm, I've learned. Shit. I've learned. Now at a reptile show, the first thing I do is I burn my clothes, I take a shower, and I don't go in the snake room until the day after. Yes. And uh, But you know what? After doing that once or twice, like after bringing them home after a reptile show, you learn. And when you, your, you collect, your, your collection starts growing, and holy shit, man, it can take me sometimes. Uh, I don't know how you guys treat mites, but uh, I'm a huge proponent of uh, ivermectin. Um, yes. So the, the ivermectin is great. It works mm-hmm. great, uh, but it takes time. Yes. Like, and when you have 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 snakes, it's because if I have them one, I just I have to treat everybody. Assume it, so it's I, best to assume if you have it in one. Yeah. I used to treat everybody ever. but the babies because I'm like, oh, they're weak, blah, 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 maybe. And then the babies respread to everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I just do everybody now. 
So ivermectin, is that the stuff, Owen, that you said was like you, you, you it's, put it's, it it's a cattle dewormer. Yep. You can you can you can dilute it and you can spray it, they can drink it, but you can also mix it and inject it. And mm-hmm. um it's like the only way to get mites off of big snakes like Burmese and retics and things like that, because their scales are so big, dipping them is pointless. You cannot do it. So you inject the snake with ivermectin, and basically you're just poisoning its bloodstream and killing all the mites. I've never done that way. I've never done the injection though. I just do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do like a very low dilution, and jeez, uh, who's that girl that does all those great videos? There's uh, that. It's more aimed for younger population. Um, snake discovery. There you go. Yeah. Uh, she had yeah, a she... video on how to use uh, ivermectin. Uh, she okay. She tells you exactly the dosages, and basically it's it's pretty simple. You take the water bowl out. You spray the whole cage, including mm-hmm. the animals, and you leave yep. it alone. Next day, you put the water bowl back in. Wait about six or seven days. It kills off anything alive, but it doesn't kill off the eggs. So right. Another week after, you redo everything, and then if you're paranoid, you do it one more week after. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Uh, and it's actually much safer than like Nix or Lice yeah. shampoo because that that stuff's poison. I've, and I've heard that Nix causes um, neurological disorders in snakes. I don't know if it's true. It, it can. I've seen. Um, uh, I've seen uh, one python that accidentally drank some of the Nix solution, yep. and it it had a full blown seizure. Jesus. And um, it was one of those points where I thought that thing was dead at any minute. Like any second now, I'm going to come down there. The thing's going to be dead, and then all right, well, it's alive still. So next day, it'll be dead, and it it rebounded but it was scary mm-hmm. like enough that i'm like well never doing that again so wow. um yeah and see back in the 90s i only used nicks yeah only like yeah. and i treated everything and back then i didn't do quarantine i didn't do anything i was just some yeah. stupid kid and um yeah i mean i I'd, 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 I'd have mites once every six months probably and nicks would work great and i've never ever had an issue with it that being mm-hmm. said after i heard when I got back in the hobby that it was, you know, pretty dangerous Not for the good. animals. Never am I touching right. that again. Because, I mean, ivermectin, yeah. you can you can give ivermectin uh, PO to a snake for deworming it, right? Yeah. Like, and so I'm like, what's the worst case, even if it, it drips on the walls and they drink it? It's something. Nothing. Nothing's wrong. That's exactly. So yeah. that's why, like, I was like, okay, I love this idea. It works great. Yeah. I mean, we had uh, the zoo I worked for, we had an anaconda that... Uh, we got in and we're like, oh, he looks great in quarantine. We put him away. And then the next day we come in and he's crawling. Like it was the most mites I've ever seen on a single animal. And I'm like, oh my God, we literally mixed up the solution of ivermectin in the ratio yep. enough to fill a tub like, of water. And we let him just soak in it because he's an anaconda. So mm. he was happy as a clam, just soaking in it for at least an hour to kill everything on him. And it was fine. Fine. He drank it. He sat there. He was fine. So, and you can get ivermectin, the the injectable ivermectin. You can get that at most tractor supplies. Yeah, that's where I get mine. Just at yep. the local cattle place. That right. And you just got to find the dilution yeah. ratios <laughs> online. And it's yeah. it's, I think it's one, I think it's one ml to one liter. I think of it water. depends on the concentration because there's two different agree. types of concentrations. Yeah. So. But yeah, you can do that, and it's not that bad. Yeah. And you just fill up a spray bottle. Not super cheap, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the other part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that is the downside. So it seems like the new uh, the new push with that is uh, Frontline. You know, a lot of people. Yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. I wish I could comment on it. Never used it. Never even saw it for sale anywhere. I think some a couple of uh, companies here do sell it, but I've honestly I have something that works great. I don't need it. Yeah, right. so, but mm-hmm. I I've heard great things about it, but uh, never used it. I have it. It's I yeah, like I it. it. You know, I use it for quarantine right yeah. now. I had it for quarantine. They, they're it's a little bit expensive. It's like sixty bucks on Chewy, and I'll get it. And uh, if I'm buying other stuff for like the dog or cat or whatever, so I, I've had this one bottle that's been sitting in quarantine forever. But uh, yeah, it works okay. I mean, it works just as good as everything else. It works great if you use it. If you don't use it, then it's uh, oops. So yeah, um, yeah. same thing. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, um, why don't you walk us through? I know we talked a little bit about your temps for like normal stuff, but why don't you walk us through like what's a typical breeding season for you and how you go through that? Because I know it's going to sure. be a little bit different than ours, but I don't think by that I, much. I don't think that much because you guys are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're a six-hour drive from me, right? So I might be in Canada, but I'm only about an hour from the border in New York. So our, our, our winters definitely suck. It's cold. And, uh, you know, there's snow for eight months of the year. So, um, yeah, that, that just blows. But uh, yeah. it, it is great for breeding snakes. Uh, so for me, um, I'm uh, like, for example, I feed everything one last time, which was, uh, geez, I think I fed last November 1st purely because that was the day I, wasn't, I was off. But usually Halloween is about the, the last time I feed. Uh, that mm-hmm. month of October, I'm not going to lie, I feed a lot. Okay. So those those females, if I can feed them every eight or nine days, I will feed them a lot. So they, they, they usually will get up to four meals sometimes in October. That's the only month mm-hmm. they eat that much. The rest of the year, they're getting one medium rat maybe, and we're talking about adults here, uh, right. medium rat maybe every three weeks. And my males, I mean, my males, I pitted them. Um, they, they might get a rat a month and, uh, yeah. So if you think about it, they, they eat for, they, they don't eat for four months during breeding season and then mm. they start eating, but man, they, they, they do great. <laughs> They're these yeah, nice little lean long machines. Yeah. So, uh, but even then, and I, I often think I'm overfeeding my snakes and, uh, my females are still huge. Like, mm-hmm. and I, sometimes I'm like, frig, man, I feed them one rat every three or four weeks. And they're still like these, like I have three of them that have just ballooned. And uh, it's, anyway, it's crazy. So uh, breeding wise, yeah. So basically October, I'll feed them a little bit more heavily. Uh, end mm-hmm. of October, October 31st, 1st of November is when I stopped feeding them. So right now I stopped feeding them about eight or nine days ago. Uh, right okay. now, now, now I'm doing nothing. I'm just not feeding them. So I'll wait three weeks, a month, maybe, uh, everything stays identical in the cages. So the cages are, you know, the hotspot of 87, 88, 89. Um, I tend to still have hotter hotspots than a lot of other people. I don't know. It's what I've always done. Um, and, uh, the room temperature is still at 79, give or take ambient. Everything stays identical. The lights are still changing, uh, as I said, uh, automatically. And mm-hmm. usually as of, uh, after about three weeks to a month, that's where I'll start doing um, the slow nighttime drop. So the first thing that I'm going to do is every single hot spots on every single cage get uh, plugged into the same uh, timers as my lights. So 
during the day, they have their normal hotspot. They have their lighting. As soon mm -hmm. as that sun goes down, that hotspot completely turns off. That light turns off. So at that point, they just get stuck with um, um, like ambient only. So then it, the whole room would drop down to 79 because that's what it's set up. Well, it's still 79. It would still be 79. Uh, the first week, 79. And uh, all my heaters, so my, my two main, I don't know, it, I think they're ceramic heaters that are tied into thermostats. I have right. two, two, um, two heaters, both of them tied onto a thermostat, and each thermostat is, time, is tied to a timer. And there's one that's a daytime timer and one that's a nighttime timer. So during the day, it turns on the, the left heater. During the night, it turns on the night heater, but the other one turns off. Does that make sense? So yes. every single day, the, the day heater will always turn on at 79. So the day is always 79 ambient. Every single hotspot is turned on. Every single light is turned on. And just like any other time of the year, during the night, the, the daytime heater turns off, all the lights turn off, all the hotspots turn off. And the first week, I'll set the, the nighttime to 78. And then the next week, I'll set it down to 77, 76. One week after that, I'll bring it down to another two degrees. And I'll keep doing that until mm -hmm. I reach. Last year, I think I managed to go down to 68. Uh, I wanted to go lower, but I couldn't. My room wouldn't go lower. So I went down to that temperature. I stayed down there for about three weeks or so. And mm -hmm. usually when I get close to that level, the males are pacing like crazy. That's all they do. Uh, left, right, left, right, and that's when I'll start introduction. Uh, I always move the males into the females' cages because uh, right. the males seem to just have one thing on their mind and they don't give a shit where they are. It works great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, after that, that's it. I pair up one male to one female or one male to two females max. I find that if I spread it more than that, it's I've never gotten three females pregnant from our gravid from one male. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's me. Uh, I find two seems to be a good number. And I've tried both putting uh, like a trio in one cage, keeping two females with a male. Um, yeah. Last year I did that. One of the two got gravid and laid eggs. The other one didn't. Uh, and I've tried uh, one week to snake A, one week to female B. And uh, I find like it's kind of like, I don't know, tossing a coin. I don't know which one works best. So I'll do that. And uh, I'll keep introductions. Uh, my introductions really like it's if they're if they're breeding, lock it up every night. Uh, they'll stay in there. When they stop, they stop showing interest. I'll separate them two to three days, put them back in, and I'll keep doing that. Uh, after that, the the hot spots. Once it stays a good, I don't know, three weeks down there, I'll slowly gradually <laughs> bring it back up, and okay. uh, until I go back to the regular temperatures. And even once I'm back at the regular temperatures, I just keep the introductions going, and I start looking. I start looking for ovulations. I start looking for, you know, are the snakes sleeping on the same side? Are they starting to ignore themselves? Does a male look like he's dead afraid of that female and staying as far away as he can? And, uh, kind of reading, and it's funny. Some some go right away, and some end up like I think I had eggs two like almost two months apart last year. Some went really oh, fast, wow. and other girls went took their their, their time. Huh. So, yeah, I, and that's kind of it. And then after that, near the end, uh, I have tried the occasional feeding. Uh, like one okay. tiny little rat when we're talking about like end of January and you're like, you've never seen a lock yet. 
and you're like, the, either the male's broken, the female's not interested, I'll try to do one rat with like a female because sometimes everybody says it might get him going. Um, I, honestly, I, I, I don't know if it really works, but I've tried it. Um, yeah, and uh, hope for ovulations. And I'm the... And then hope for babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ovulations, eggs, babies. I mean, like, it's, it's, that's how your hope goes. I mean, but I'd love to uh, maternally incubate. I am uh, I'm a chicken shit. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I Honestly, like, I look at people doing it. I'm like, you're insane. You're, 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 why would you do but, that? <laughs> but why when you can control everything? And, like, it's, it's so easy to incubate eggs. Why let her do it? And I and I know I know it's now been proven that they tend to be slightly larger and all this crap doesn't matter. Yeah. Man, I I don't know how you would control the humidity, the heat, and I get that the snake can do it to a certain degree, but that skeleton of a snake looked like it's dying. Like I need to feed it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing is I'm like, oh God, if if I if I let her maternal, she's she's done for years like no yeah, like, yeah you have to you have to be very careful on who you allow to maternally incubate and who you don't you know i mean you have to sort of like know going into and the you know the other part of it is is that you can't really do them year, like back-to-back years you know yeah. you sort of have to give that female a rest because you're right man they, I've seen some of my carpets have looked like they were on death's door but you know what's crazy is you know, you give them a couple meals and they're just yeah. back to the They normal, bounce back you know? in like two, three feedings. It's insane. I wonder if that is good for their system, you know, if that fasting is good for the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I understand, man. It's like yeah. some some yeah. of us are like, you know, Jesus take the wheel. And some of us are like, no, and it, no, we're controlling everything. Sometimes I wonder well, if I had like a, a clutch that was, uh, I don't know, let's say less desirable or right. uh, one that I wasn't like. I'm like, oh, cool. They bred. Maybe I would try that one, but of course that would probably be the female that freaking scatters the eggs all over. Um, yeah, right. but yeah. that might well, be the only time I would try. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I mean, was going to say maybe look at this perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when we like, I, I think one of the cool things about like not doing it as a full time business is it gives you the opportunity to sort of experiment with stuff. Right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? True. You can sort of get, yeah, you know, and you can sort of like. You know, like, oh, well, you know, what happens if I do this? What I mean, look at Owen. He didn't plug in his incubator for her. That was not intended. Dude, I was not. I know, you keep, but. You keep bringing that up, but I, like, I was some sort of mad sign. No, no I no. was an idiot. To no, like, I know. I know. I understand. But I'm just saying, like, those are the type of things that, you know, we would we would and always now just we sort know. of speculate <laughs> that, like, like, you know, they're they're not as resilient as maybe we think. and. Or they are more resilient than what we think. They well, that, and that's the other problem is that I, I'm thinking the same way, like, you know, that, uh, well, if it's a clutch that I don't really care about, then I'll let her do it. But then the eggs come and I'm like, give me these. <laughs> like, it's just like, it doesn't I, matter. Like, you don't even think about I, it. You throw it in the incubator. I don't even think about it. It's, <laughs> yeah. This is the process. Give I, me the eggs. Uh, the only time I got close this year was because I filled the incubator because I right. had that many carpet clutches plus the olives didn't fit. The olive eggs didn't fit inside the, the carpet boxes. So I had to get a bigger bin that took up a whole shelf. A whole like, shelf right? like, it yeah. was like that. So at that point, I'm like, all right, if anybody else lays, they're going to have to go maternal because I don't. And then luckily, 
one clutch hatched right before the other clutch hit the ground. So I was able to just clean out that box and put it back into rotation. But I mean, we got this close to internal incubation this year just because I had to. I think this is what sort of like, you know, keeps the snake hobby to a certain extent is like, it seems like with most snake people, like we're just as soon as it works and we figure out what works, Don't touch we're it. cool. Don't touch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're cool. But honestly, why <laughs> change it? Like, well, I mean, I mean, the only reason that I would say to ch- that you would change it is like if you if you were to maybe um, make it better, get better results for yeah. the animal itself. So you what know, would like, you say is a good result? Let's say you have ninety percent hatch rate. Is that a good enough a good result enough for me. <laughs> I'm that's good with that. Result, but yes, that's what I mean. Absolutely. So, like, uh, right. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about incubation. Like, I'll I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of uh, homemade incubators with uh, old fridges or any of the ones that are glass yes, front. Or yes. and I'm still looking. Like, I'm I'm dreaming of uh, finding the beautiful Coke fridge or the Monster fridge or any of those from the stores. That is my favorite. So <laughs> I, I'm still hoping to find that. Mine's still just one of the wine uh, the wine coolers, but they were great. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm purely using that. I have uh, a 12-inch strip of heat tape that runs bottom, back, and top. So the mm-hmm. entire thing, it's put on a thermostat, and I have two fans, top and bottom, and both of them are on speed dials, and they're uh, they're actually a reptile product that's sold for incubators. So, but I mean, for for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing as a as a computer fan, right? But just right. so that mild thing, put on a thermostat, either a V or herbstat, and then inside of it, um, I remove everything, and then I put my own. Like you, you go buy yourself a big shelving unit, like the big metal ones, um, uh-huh. and you cut them up, perfect shelves, so I can put my own shelves in it. And then inside of that, I put my. Um, I use Sterilite. I use the uh, the locking Sterilites. They yes. have the purple clips. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. So I yes. use those. Mm-hmm. And uh, inside, I've, I've used a couple of different methods, so I can tell you what works or what doesn't for me. Um, so I, I was a big fan of uh, uh, vermiculite. Put vermiculite, okay. I, I over-drench it so that it's, it's leaky. And uh, mm-hmm. then after that, I would put usually two layers of um, the light diffuser and then put mm-hmm. the eggs on top. Uh, the right. only problem is my eggs kept drying out, and I could not figure it out why. And then uh, I resolved it with one tiny, simple issue. I bought one large uh, strip of uh, Velcro, and I Velcroed the, the bins. Just like, so because the lids are, don't touch, like, the, the top, right? So there's so much airflow going in and out from the lids. As soon as I Velcroed the lids shut, just to, so that the only airflow were the slight holes that I put around the bin, the, uh, mm-hmm. the eggs popped up within a day. Like I, I went yeah, from sure. having about, uh, you know, like those big dimples where you're like, holy shit, it's been a week and a half. And like mm-hmm. the egg is already, you know, a quarter sunken in. What the fuck? I'm going to lose all my eggs. And <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. all I did was that and I couldn't figure it out. And then I'm like, geez, man, like that's a lot of airflow. But all I did was just Velcro. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I don't actually put Velcro on the bin, but I buy a long, like almost a belt of Velcro with like, uh, and I put the belt around from the bottom all the way to the top, and I Velcro the lid so that it sits tightly in the front and in mm-hmm. the back. And then this way, it almost okay. makes it like a, a leak-proof lid where you only have the tiny little holes on the side. And then I did that on the bin, and uh, I did two other bins with uh, water. I just I did the water incubation too, 
and uh, mm -hmm. water uh, bricks on each side, and then the 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 same thing, the the light diffuser, and I used the Velcro again to 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 have a nice seal. And uh, honestly, I had three clutches last year. Uh, I had coastals, uh, IJs, and uh, jungles. I got all three, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I think I hatched out approximately 95% of all the eggs. So that's pretty good. And uh, the yeah. only problem I'd say with water is when you pull it out, that water goes everywhere. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> so uh, I saw, I'm trying to think of who it is, but uh, I think sponges is the solution to that. Uh, yeah. So. That's what, uh, so I use those, um, um, drawing a blank, Owen, help me. I, I can't, I'm drawing a blank too. The, uh, <laughs> I know what you're the talking about. Boxes with the water on the bottom. Um, yeah. Sim containers. Sim yeah, I, thank you. I, I, okay. I, honestly, I've never Googled or seen what that is. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like a, it's, it's a, it, they, a, they make it. Right, specifically mm -hmm. for reptile eggs, and um, basically, it's think of it sort of like what you're saying, right? Um, you have a little well on the bottom, and then it goes up a bit, and then it, the the um, the tub sort of has like uh, it sort of goes out a little bit, so it, it creates like this ledge, and on that ledge, you can sort of like you you get these uh, little little uh, it's it's like light diffuser basically, yeah. right? Type of I thing. just Googled it. I can um, see it now. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. And then you basically put that in there, but exactly what you were saying. So some people will just put like some type of, the, you know, if there's vermiculite or whatever, um, just so it doesn't slosh around as much. But then a couple people told me, yeah, sponges are the way to go. Yeah, so I, I thought of sponges um, and obviously throw it out at the end of the year, but you can buy that. At oh, yeah, because that thing's got to be, I mean, can you imagine trying to yeah. reuse it? It's got to just be full of <laughs> crap. Like, I mean, yeah. no, burn it. Be, uh, like, the, only thing I, the only thing with them, though, I've noticed, I don't know, maybe you can, you've had experience with this, is like um, sometimes it gets... Some of them sometimes they get moldy, you know. Like last year, I had I had some issues with mold, and I don't on know if that sponge? was from those. Can... No, 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 on the on the eggs <laughs> in the container, you know. I don't I don't know. I, uh... I, it some years are worse than others for me, where it's like yeah. everything's fine. Following year, I'm I'm dumping foot powder on eggs like weekly. Yeah, whatever. You ever have any problems with uh, with mold with eggs? Uh, for me, in the past. Yes, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a lot. I've hatched out the grossest eggs. Like uh, we're talking about when I used to breed them in uh, the, the late 90s. Like, and mm -hmm. it's amazing what can survive. And sure. uh, yeah, yeah. I've done the Listerine trick of trying to wash them. I've done the, the yeah. baby foot powder. And uh, mm -hmm. you know what? My opinion is if the egg is good, it doesn't matter if the bolts are. Uh, it'll right. make it through, and uh, like even if you've got a completely dead, rotten egg sticking to a good egg, usually it'll be fine. I I've always had it go fine, but uh, my I, I've only like since I've restarted the last two breedings, I've had no mold issues. So I'm okay. I'm crossing my fingers. But I was gonna what I was gonna say earlier is that the one thing I loved about using vermiculite is mm. often the eggs move, right? So if once they're too right. much, you need to open that bin for whatever reason. Let's say you've got a moldy egg and you want to put things. Uh, the goddamn eggs move. So <laughs> when you yeah. have vermiculite, uh, I could buy like plastic straws and you like stick it in through the light diffuser and hold the egg mm -hmm. there. My issue is if you have okay. a water substrate, I, I, I don't know if you have a genius idea to make sure the eggs don't move if you move it. 
Like you don't want it to roll um, a quarter of the way left if they're all detached. Because I, I separate it by eggs if I can. What what so, I've seen people do is they take um, it's the foam stuff you wrap around like pipes and wires, like thin small stuff, um, almost like a pipe cleaner, and they weave it through the light diffuser, mm-hmm. and then that keeps the eggs grounded where you want them. So you can almost like uh, you know they have the, the the channels on some of those professional ones like the sim container yeah. that keep the eggs from wiggling. So you do that where you weave it through the light diffuser and it gives you kind of like a solid barrier to keep the eggs from rolling around. That's interesting. Like you would do that before putting the eggs in. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the cool things about the sim containers is they come with these like little rails mm-hmm. and they snap into the holes that are in the, you know, the, the, the platform. The grid, you yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so you can make them as wide as you you know wide or as, as you want, and it's sort of like it, it will alleviate that problem. Yeah. You know, the good thing about colubrid eggs is you bury them. <laughs> you know, they, those suckers don't move at all. <laughs> like it's so you se- you separate the eggs. What 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 did you have an experience of uh, why you do that, or is it just something you so that just that one big snake that one snake that I bought my son originally uh, about six or seven uh-huh. years ago the the one I said from Jeff Favell. Anyway, it was his pet for the first two years. It's still his, excuse me, it's still his animal, but he fed her a lot. And right. uh, okay. she's, uh, well, she's a pure jungle. She's close to seven feet, so she's a big girl. Uh, and I weighed her when I, initially she was around uh, seven and a half, eight pounds. So we're mm-hmm. talking about a massive girl. Uh, so two years ago, she wa- she had her first clutch. Uh, it was all infertile duds, and it was, I think, 32 eggs that were slugs. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the male that she bred to uh, only locked up once or twice with them, and uh, he died about six months later of a large tumor. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, that's, a, that's another story. But uh, I, So she did that. But last year, she gave me 36 no, 37 eggs, <laughs> and uh, 36 shit. were fertile. One was a slug. So the problem with 36 <laughs> is I don't know if you can picture how high that mound is. Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that firsthand. <laughs> so it's not you, you have to separate. One, it, it, yes, it do. doesn't fit in the container. And yep. two, that's the type of thing where you really want to let a baby snake go through three eggs to get out. Just to get to yeah. the top, you so, know. <laughs> and, and who knows, right? Like, I, and I, I don't know. To me, it's not worth the risk. So, yes, definitely. I will separate. And I, once I separate, I actually make them all touch each other. I see some people mm-hmm. putting them in, but I like to squish them one against each other so that this way it prevents the next one from rolling, too. So mm-hmm. that's, I haven't had any issues with that. And, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I am a, an avid separator. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I used to be the same way. Um, I'm kind of in this weird middle thing now where if I can get everybody to lay down flat, I don't care if you five over there are fused together. Like, it's fine. So, um, but it, 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 it definitely is one of those things where when you get a large number clutch, like 30s and yeah. 40s, all of a sudden you're like, I'll separate you. Oh, I need another bin. Oh, mm-hmm. I need another bin. And it's like, well... That whole shelf is now dedicated to this one clutch. It's like it's a lot of babies. Yeah, nobody else do anything else. It's like yeah, so it's you know you. I almost like the idea of smaller, 
small more clutches from smaller animals. So. Yeah, but I find even the smaller snakes, uh, they still produce almost the yeah. same size eggs. Like for carpet pythons, I find whether you've got a tiny female or a big female, I don't see the much same. a difference in the egg size. Maybe it's just me, but I I say I would have. But the weird thing is, I had one, two clutches hatched at the same time this year. One from my one of my big females, and one from one of my smaller girls. And the eggs, you're right. They looked relatively the same size, but the hatchlings were insanely different. Okay. Um, and this happened. We I was away, and I came back. And the people who I had were watching the um, snakes mixed up the clutches together. Um, and it was very easy to figure out which baby came from which parent because it was like a bunch of little ones in this monster. And I'm like, okay, you don't belong here. So uh, it's weird. Sometimes you just get – so they can be different size, but it's even not by that much. So that's what I've seen. Yeah, talking about little snakes, so I, I had the lovely experience of having my first twins – Yay! But why do people think it's a great thing? No, it's horrible. <laughs> like a lot of people, are like yay twins. It's it's a nightmare. No. So I um so I had only three clutches last year. Uh, don't get me wrong, mm. I only had three fem- four females ready last year. So uh, three of them went. Uh, one of them was uh, a jungle that jungle had thirty six eggs to a zebra, um, right. which I want to talk to you guys. Remind me about it because I want to talk about ocelot zebras after. Um, I had that one, okay. and I had um, I bred a pure coastal exanthic jag to a het exanthic that was on a breeder loan from uh, my buddy Sean Melanson. And uh, anyway, it was brought here, and I bred her. And uh, we had mm-hmm. 18 eggs. Um, out of the 18 eggs, we lost one egg in incubation. So we got 17 out of 18 to hatch, and I'm pretty sure they were all fertile. So I think it's I don't know what went wrong with that one. Uh, but we ended up with 18 babies. So I was like, we had 18 babies, 18 eggs, but uh, the two of them were so tiny. I'm talking about like, yeah. uh, I don't know, if everybody was around the 8 inches in length, uh, maybe 8 to 10 inches, what do you say, like as the average neonate? And then these ones were around 4 inches. Like just right. the tiniest little thing. Uh, one of them died within two days. Uh, mm-hmm. The other one survived for, I want to say, three and a half, four months. Uh, never okay. ever ate, never showed any feeding response, never striked, uh, was not a runner, just there, didn't do anything. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was so tiny. So I had to start feeding him mouse tails or rat tails, actually the tip of a rat tail because I don't have mice. I hate mice. That's a <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know what, but uh, no, he didn't make it. So my ex- the, that was the first time I had twins. My experience is I don't want twins. I'd rather have one healthy baby than... Two of them, them. and uh, talking about that clutch, uh, I'd love for somebody to really, really hone down what is the difference between a het exanthic jag and an exanthic jag. Can you see the difference? (laughs) (laughs) It is. I I am struggling, and when I I had those babies, like, oh man, it is so hard to tell them apart. I. I have not experienced this because I have just had exanthic jags. And this year, though, I'm breeding an exanthic jag to a het exanthic female. So I, I may I may be throwing myself out a window later. Oh, so the, um, and that's the exact breeding I did last year. Okay, so, good. Okay, oh, good. Okay. So, um, I have not seen the difference, but I'd say that 
I'd say Jag just is probably going to get in there and just fuck well, with that's everything. That's the problem, right? The Jag reduces. Yeah. It makes everything so pretty. But then you look at it right. and you're like, is this one example? I don't know. And I, I look at the eye color, but I find the Jag changes the eye color too. Like, yeah, that was the easy thing about um, the caramel exanic. Where I'm like, this thing looks weird, and its eyes are white. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> over here, like it's yeah. Differentiating the uh, the ones that were not Jag were crazy simple. It was it was okay. bluntly obvious. I mean, you you're looking at it, and you've got this silver eye and the one beside you've got a brown brown eye and then but when okay. you're looking at the jags you're looking at exanthic and head exanthic i mean some people are saying like you're going to see that little tinge of brown in the eye but it's yeah, but it's good, not good obvious it. it's yeah. it's not obvious and my fear is what if i sell an animal as an exanthic but it's actually head and i think that's happened a million times over to everybody yeah, but, and yeah. I, I'm terrified you don't want to be that guy that does that right it happens with the Ajags annexed as well. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had the same problem. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I don't know. I went by the eyes. I just went silver yeah, eyes. But, well, the silver eye works when the Jag's not there. I find when the Jag is there, right. it's, and I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people that are, have bred those right now are going to be listening to this and saying it's bullshit. I can tell the difference. But for me, I can't see it. I, I, I've, I've had so many opinions to the point that I've, I've posted it on Facebook. I'm like, can you guys help me? What's your opinion out of these five? Which one's het? Which one's a? And I'm, 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 I'm gathering people's polls to see what they think. And uh, you know, you, you start to recognize the names on online that are actually worth, like the opinions are worthwhile. And right. uh, like that's kind of how I've been doing it because like a couple of the oddballs, like I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that was a big debate a couple of years ago, and you know that's where Never really the idea <laughs> that yeah. that they were incomplete dominant, you know, and like everybody was, you know, and, and what we thought of as the exanic is actually the super, and it's not. So what you, uh, um, on one fets are you? Are you thinking recessive or incomplete dominant for exantic? Well, from what I've seen, from what I've produced, <laughs> right, and this is only going from what I produced, I can. I can see why, you know, guys like Nick and Paul were sort of questioning that, you know. Um, I think with the Xantic, the gene itself, I mean, isn't it uh, that, you know, the level of, 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 of how that gene works is, is kind of variable, meaning that, you know, it doesn't, it's not like, it's not like albino where it pulls yeah. out all the black. You know, there's no black on an albino. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with the exanic, I don't know if it necessarily pulls out, you know, everything out of that. So, you got that part of it. So, it's hard to tell from there. Um, And then, I don't know. To me, it looks like, it looks like, and I'm not, I don't know, and this is just a guess, but it looks like what you would see as, like, a pastel ball python and a super pastel ball python. So you're thinking incomplete dominant? That's my yeah, thought. See, my my uh, thought is on the coastals. <laughs> it almost looks it doesn't look like incomplete because I can't really tell the hets from a normal. I find the difference right. isn't huge enough, but I'm assuming it is. I'm assuming it's incomplete. But it I can't really tell. But on the IJs, uh the hets are great. Like I find the hets have a much more grayish look uh, to uh, 
to the female. So I, I find the difference on the exanthic because I, I have um, I have pairs of double heads uh, marble, so head exanthic, head granites, and both right. of those are they're great. Like they 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 lose a lot of the colors on the sides and just yeah. and uh, I mean they're not exanthic. They have black eyes, and mm-hmm. I, I've seen the pairing, but to me they don't look anything like a normal. No. So in that case, and if if I'm judging from those, to me that like they should look like a normal if they're a het. You would think, so that, yeah. That that's like but yeah, that's how it should do, work. Do you find like do you see that difference in the coastals as well? I find I don't see it that much. It's not as obvious. Um, so I've never bred coastal exanics. I've bred crosses of exanics. You know, I've bred like um, uh, exanic with the zebra in it and stuff. So that kind of throws a wrench into stuff. As far as like, I, I as far as exantic, as far as coastals go, I'm only going by what I have, not um, um, what I produced, you know, seeing it from a baby and then raising it up. But like, I can't really make a call on, on the coastal stuff. I don't know. Oh, and you would be better to make that call. Uh, I would say that it's, it's weird because I bred... A head exanic to a tiger, right? And I hatched out one, and the so these are by all accounts these are sixty six percent poshets or something like that. Or, or that, no, I'm sorry, that not sixty six. They're they would both have to be. No, 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 I'm sorry. I don't know where I got that number. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. my fault. They're all poshet okay. exanics. So that's just how it goes. So looking at them, I have I kept two back. I kept a girl and a boy, and the girl. Looks like any coastal tiger. She's like yellowish, um, some cream color, brown eyes. And then the male is a bright silver blue with bright exanic eyes. And putting the two of them next to each other, you would be like, holy crap. There is by no means any, like you can tell the difference of this whole thing. That one is clearly this and that one is clearly that. And... there's a reason I kept the girl back is because at one point she looked kind of like a darkish silver gray. And then as she grew, she went the opposite freaking direction. So um, I would say it's hard to tell when they're young, but like right now those guys are two years old and it's like, well, okay, clearly you are (laughs) my best chance at being head exanic where you, I would be shocked if you threw exanic babies like shocked. So Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and I mean, if it was uh, incomplete dominant, you could say that the head, let's say the the one with one gene on an allele could have, let's say, anywhere from 10 to 30% reduction. So you might be able mm-hmm. to see the one that has the higher reduction. And when you have the super form, maybe it's from 60 to 100% or 60 to 80. So maybe you're right. looking at one that has a higher reduction as a, as a, I don't know, I don't want to say head, but having it on one allele. So if that and, if that right. fits with the incomplete dominant uh, theory, which I don't know, I mean I think that's what it is, but uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> is it decided? I, I have no idea because I mean I have a hundred percent. That's what the way for the book, right? <laughs> I guess. Well, no, but uh, yeah. I mean, like I have a hundred percent het exanic tiger from Ryan, um, and she's the like a different kind of silvery color and she's got bright silver eyes and stuff like that than the male that I produced. Uh-huh. But 
they're kind of on the same line and the same spectrum. So uh, it's like she's clearly further along than he is mm-hmm. on this like path. So uh, I have no idea is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so and I, I will know in probably about a year when I breed him, I guess it's going to, he's going to go to her. Um, but I haven't really figured that one out yet either. It's like, I have these animals and I'm like, I don't know who's going to go with what here because I have the hundred percent head exanic tiger. I have the post head tiger and then I have the exanic jag. And then now I have the caramel exanic where it's like, I don't know who's going to what, but somebody's going to somebody I here. Take caramel so. exanic to your, uh, Head exantic tiger. I'm that, thinking that's what we're going. That's, that's what <laughs> I would do, but purely because, uh, yeah. yeah, I would stay away from the jag. But just that's me. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a good thing. Is he? I thought he was a jag when he hatched, and then as he's grown, he is not because like his pattern has filled in the gaps because he, he came out nearly like he was very very dark, and it's hard to tell what the hell was going on with him. But as he shed, he's gotten brighter. You can see that he's not a jag. He's just heavy patterned. Mm-hmm. And badass. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. like so. So I'm like, okay, cool. I like the idea of not having to deal with a jag because a lot of my males are jags, and I'm like, I. Eric put this poison pill in me, and he gave me all his <laughs> jags, and now I'm like, I, I don't want to de- I don't want to keep dealing with these it's, jags, and it's like, yeah, I, uh, so. I kind of did. Yeah. Eric did too. I didn't. I've never had many jags, but uh, yeah. I, I used to have about four. And I'm down to one, and the only one jag that I have is a pure coastal exantic jag, purely because I have no male exantic that is pure coastal mm-hmm. that's of adult size. And just again, this year I'm like, I, I can't not breed him. He's so beautiful, and I mean, I don't have a replacement adult male exantic. So mm-hmm. uh, I am breeding him, but I, I'm pretty sure this is his either year or second last year, and I'm holding back 1.2. Uh, of the babies from uh, this year that are just exantic coastals uh, and as a goal of removing the jag out of there purely because I love jag. They're beautiful. Uh, but uh, I don't know about you guys, but it is the hardest thing to sell. I am so tired of having the discussion. Like, does yeah. it wobble? Does it turn to the left? Does it cork? Yes. Does it yes. I, yes. <laughs> and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a jag. They're they're gorgeous. They do great. They live. They thrive. But I hate selling them. Hate, hate, hate. Yeah. I am so yeah. tired of having the discussion that uh, like I'm fed up. I just don't want to breed them because I don't want to deal with it. To be honest, that's why I think I have three breeding male caramel jags because I'm like, two, you have to go. But I don't want to have the conversation that the one easily stresses himself out and, of course, will Nero. And I'm like, and that's just the way he is. It doesn't mean he's bad. He's a healthy male, but he gets freaked out over the smallest things and just Nero's. And it's like, well, all right, well, then you have to sell the one that really doesn't Nero and looks good. I'm like, but then I'm selling my good male. <laughs> it's like, that's stupid. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. That's why I got three of them. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way, man. It was, it was. It, it, not so much even the selling part of it, just the attaching them out and just, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I was just yeah. done. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure that was probably in the back of my mind, the selling part of it. It's like, yeah. you know, especially if you're selling to somebody that's new, that's never kind of like, you know. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I, the carpets uh, or whatever, and you're just like, oh, man. I've only ever had one person call me immediately after opening a box freaking out. 
And that was because they got a Jag, and it narrowed the second they got it out of the box because okay. it had just been <laughs> shipped across the, the country. And, you know, you pulled it out of a bag, and yeah, of course it did. Like, it's sure, yeah. It's stressed as hell. Like, and that's, and I've only ever had one person ever call me concerned about the animal that they had just purchased from me, and that was from a Jack. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. Again, Eric poison pilled me, and I think he did, did it on purpose. I did. <laughs> 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 so, what? Here, take these. <laughs> rat, rat bastard. <laughs> they're gorgeous, though. I totally get why people do it. Like, it's like oh, there's yeah. a Hell reason yeah. for it. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I have a I have a red zebra jag male, a red zebra jag male, and he's very very pretty. But the problem is that when you touch him, he mirrors and then he is aggressive. So he backflips and then bites you. And he's like, but why? <laughs> like, and it's it's hard to handle him because you don't know where he's coming mm-hmm. from. Or how he's going to come at you, and backwards and upside That's down. Funny. Even now, but... people are still talking about how like their jag is perfect. It's never ever narrow. Shut blah, up. Blah, blah. <laughs> and like, it's just because he hasn't been in the right circumstance yet. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. It, it is. I mean, I, I had an adult male at the age of eight, and he had never shown any signs. And I put him in with a new female, and he freaked out, and he narrowed. And I'm like, okay, like it's it's stress related. They have to be stressed out enough. And I don't think we inherently attempt to stress the shit out of our snakes. Like my uh, my so, adult male uh, example, Jack, the one I was just talking about, had never ever ever mm-hmm. narrowed. Uh, then he bred for the first time last year. Uh, perfectly mm-hmm. fine, bred the girl, nothing at all. I separated him, put him in the cage. That thing went nuts. And just started like the full blown corkscrew. And ever since yeah. then, he does it. He had never done it now. And now he'll do it just every now and then. I just see him cruising with like the left tilt. And it's just like, yeah. yeah. But you suck. And I had no, no <laughs> issues for the first three years. Never, huh? ever thought. It just it yeah. happens. Uh, so going back on a conversation from earlier, uh, yeah. Ocelot Zebras. <laughs> What's an okay. ocelot zebra to you guys? And I'll tell you why I want to talk about it after. Okay. So an ocelot zebra to me is that someone took a ocelot line, which I guess would that be curtains animals or the ones from Paul Harris oh. and bred it to a zebra. Because the weird thing is that ocelot was attached to Jag for the longest time. Yeah. Until until Mike Curtin was able to kind of, I think through breeding, he separated that out a little bit. Okay. So um, you're talking about it more as a line, not a phenotype. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I, I've spoken to Mike about this, and he's shown me the non-Jag ocelots, and they have that weird kind of like, uh, fishnet pattern or something like that near near their necks and in certain areas that kind of show you that maybe there is something going on there, but I, I, I would lean towards more that it is a line as opposed to an actual phenotype. To, but, to correct me if I'm wrong. To you as an ocelot, hmm. when you look at the body of the animal, is like it, it throws hmm. circle with a dots in the middle? Yeah, that's part of it, but then like when when Mike shows you the non-jag yeah. ocelot, he shows you that there's some like weird speckling that you see 
in Ocelot Jags, and now it carries over into non-Jagged Ocelot. It's almost like it, the saddles are removed, so you don't have those bullseyes that you get in there. You just kind of have to find the other martyrs. So, so, sorry, go ahead. No, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say my thought is, is it's more of a morph that extends from a specific line, um, but it is... I think it's probably more like the tiger in that it is a, uh, you know, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. What the hell Come is on. the, what's the, the morph? What, polygenic? Um, yeah, polygenic type of trait. Because you'll have some that sort of have like these um, certain looks, but it's it's identified by that, like that chaotic pattern, the reduction of pattern resulting in like that pepper appearance uh, laterally. Um, the peppering usually tapers off uh, the existing pattern by transitioning uh, by like lightning bolt-like patterns. Mm. Um, the peppering doesn't need to cover a certain percentage of the animal, but does need to exist. Um, it's also that lightning bolt pattern is presented on an animal as sort of a ringer for the ocelot gene. Um, but I don't know. It's, I, and I'm probably not explaining that right, but <coughs> um, that's just sort of my thought. And I, I did um, the ocelot jag um, to um, albino. And the uh, the hats that were normal, non-jags, mm-hmm. sort of had um, some of the markers that the original ones that Mike Curtin did that, you know, they didn't look ocelot, but the, the ones that produced the ocelots sort of had those similar type of markers. That's interesting. Um, but I don't know. I would normally say I don't have a dog in this fight, but then Eric gave me one, and now I do. You jackass. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> like, I don't want to be involved in this anymore. So, I, I've never heard too much of the whole speckling that you're talking about in the, the lightning bolt. I always associated more with the, mm. the bullseye everywhere. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm okay. saying that, so when you talk about tiger, if you have a tiger, it's from Balin, or it's, you know, the lineage tracked down to that. Yeah. But if you have a tiger-looking animal that is not from Balin, it's called a tri-stripe, right? Or it's called a striped animal. Right. So if you have mm-hmm. an animal that pops out at random with full bullseye all over it, what do you call it? If it's not tracked down, then like... And the only reason I'm saying that is because like I popped out four zebras that are have mm-hmm. circles with dots in the middle over... I don't know, 75% of their body. And they're circles, dot, circle, dot, circle, dot, everywhere. And I mean, it's, it's, not, by, it's not an ocelot, but I, I'm like, I'm looking at other pictures and I'm like, God damn it, it looks ocelot, but I can't call it ocelot. Is there terminology that would not derive from the line or that would have its own name or not? Or am I just fishing for something? I mean, have, have we seen that happen in zebras? Yeah, remember Bills? Remember yeah, the one that the zebra jag that he produced. Um, it's not associated yeah. to jag or anything though. There's, it's not there's a jag, no jag at all. So yeah. ocelot is just in jags then. I, well, for, yeah, um, for the longest time, the the two genes were sort of like tied together. Um, right, and then and Mike started producing non jags that had that speckling on it. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's. 
I know what you're. So you're basically saying that you have an animal that has bullseyes. <laughs> like, like four there was more than right? one that popped out looking like that. So I'm just. Hmm. I'm I would just say, curious. My my thought would be that, you know, maybe it's it. You know, because think about it. It's like the tiger and the stripe, yeah. right? They're really right. the same thing. Right, it's just that the tiger is is called the tiger if it comes from this specific line. But right. really, at the end of the day, it's the same genetics at play. Right, there's nothing different. You know, maybe you'll get different colors based off of you know, for instance, like you may have, especially if you're working with balance stuff, you may have stuff that tends to throw red stuff because you know, depending on what pairing he was using he or whatever, red but a lot then, of yeah. his stuff comes from you know the MBB. Uh, lineage stuff and then he also has that other red stuff that he has so like you know i think that sort of like just comes along with with that so it gives it a sort of a a, a specific sort of phenotype right that's mm-hmm. associated with that you know quote unquote striped um carpet but you know you'll see like if you look at peterson striped coastals yep. which is again is the same no thing but they still have those they still have those portals in the sides just like right. tigers do and you know um they still have like the uh, in those portals they have sort of the blushing that comes through right but it's a different color you know the peterson stuff is probably more at least the stuff that i have is more um gray and black type of thing or you know, brown and black, your typical coastal type colors. Whereas I think with Balin's line of tigers, you get a lot more yellows and khakis and, and, yeah. and, and more of, uh, you know, uh, going that way. Now I know like a lot of people say that, uh, and I know this is a bad word that I'm about to say that sort of put to don't, death don't a long time ago, but the whole idea of sibs, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the idea How of that. Dare you? But I think the idea of that plays into the fact that you would get nicer looking. It, it, it's just like selective breeding, but they didn't know what to call it. So meaning that if I take a really yellow, yellow coastal jag, and yeah. I breed it to a really, really yellow tiger, and I produce these really, really yellow tiger jags, tigers, jags, and coastals, if I keep breeding that, I mean, you're going to produce. Yellower and yellower, yellower you know what I mean? So, like, right. there is yeah. something to it. It's just, you know, they, they, I think when they were in the, in the early, what would you say? What was that? Our 2000s or whatever, when they were, mm. when they were really, when that was hot and heavy, I think that they were, some people used it more of a marketing ploy because I think really people didn't understand the Jag 100%. I mean, back then they were still saying that. Not my Jag is not Noro. What are you talking was, about? My line yeah. is the... <laughs> right. I'll breed it out. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> I can make a leucistic. <laughs> what? You know, all that kind of nonsense. I don't know. That's just my, yeah. my, my thoughts. I think maybe you have something similar. And, you know, the, the problem with the thing that drives me nuts about ocelots is, like, if somebody produces um, a carpet python that, like, I have tigers that you could probably call... Uh, like some people would call ocelots just because of the pattern. And then it has a pattern and, you know, it has a, a, like a portal and then it has a, a circle inside the portal. I, I don't think that that necessarily makes it ocelot. I think that's just variability of carbon mm-hmm. pythons. At play. Uh, going back to tigers, have you noticed if uh, whenever you put caramel in tigers, if you lose a lot of the striping or is it just me? Mm-hmm. Oh, nope. 100%. Oh, nope. Nope. You, it's gone. Yeah. Cause 
caramels are just inherently banded. Okay. Like that's just like, I, that's just what happens. Oh no, I agree. If you yeah, breed with a caramel with a tiger, you lose striping all over the place. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to. You have to. The 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 best looking caramel tiger I have ever produced my, out of my first run had good striping, really really shitty caramel color. So that's just where it goes. You cannot do the two now. Taking her and breeding her to a caramel jaguar. I produced a caramel tiger that has fantastic striping and fantastic color. She's actually probably a super, but it took me going to another, like getting a Jag involved. And also out of that entire group, I only got one that had great striping and now great color. I wonder if my, so, uh, if my uh, tiger caramel is nice. I mean, my, my my first one was not like even Eric came over the like after I produced it. And he's like, "You sure? Because your shit doesn't look like Paul's." I'm like, "Shut up!" Like you know, Paul's <laughs> Paul's got like five generations ahead of me. Like go to hell! Like it's and it took a while, and now I finally got the girl that I wanted the entire time. It just took me five years. Like it's just how it goes. If so you, if you have a second um, to go on uh, real quickly on my website there. Uh, if you look in the collection yeah. second section, just scroll down a bit and take a look at the tiger caramel in there. Tell me what you think. So the reason I'm saying is initially oh, I've been looking for tigers forever. Okay? And okay. Uh, I know for you guys, you can probably buy that at the corner store. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not. I have, I have several. No, I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, I've been looking for to, to add tigers to my collection for years. And I finally found somebody who imported a large amount of snakes from the states and i i got him to put it in it and uh, that's mm -hmm. my tiger caramel okay. would you say that's a good amount of tiger in there well, I'm, I'm, I'm still scrolling so uh, if you just go so on my website and you just go to collections you should be able to scroll down one of them will be okay. it just has you know about half my animals on there but you can collection okay so is there a name to this animal <laughs> it's called covid <laughs> it's already better. It's Honestly, like, that a son of a bitch. It's horrible. It's, it's like a, you know how you've always got that five percenter. That's 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 that. It's horrible. Okay. Even, oh yeah, that's tiger. But like, yeah, yeah good nice. amount. Yeah. Of oh yeah. Striping because I'm like, you look at yeah. the striping and it's like amazing, right? It's crisp. It's perfect. And I look at that one, I mean, I know it's a tiger and it's a tiger line, but it was the caramel was bred into it. And I'm like, ah, oh, but like there's no tri stripe, but the nice. No, but that's good. To you, that's so, good for a caramel? Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. That's, oh, yeah. That's great. That's great. It's great for a caramel and it's great for a tiger to start because you have an intact um, backstripe. Backstripe, which that is the hardest thing to get back. The lateral stripes. They, you can get those, and also you can get one that has a great big, nice broad back, yep. like straight line. Like you kind of have a little bit of the like uh, S pattern in the in there, but you know it, it, it's not it's not horrible. I've seen worse, and I've also had females that have um, very little back stripe throw babies that are excellent stripes so so like that you're well that's fine I'm just curious, well it, it's something that i've heard often and i i couldn't figure out if mine was a, a decent example of it or if i should 
try to be looking for, like, ideally, I'd want to breed her to a nice male mm -hmm. tiger. Just to be able to have some that are yes. caramel, some that are not. And I'm assuming yeah. that the ones that will not be caramel, sh I should be able to get crisp, nice lines. You, you'll get a mix because it'll be, you'll get, because, I mean, like, everybody expects, I mean, I've bred tigers to tigers, and I've gotten, like, tons of stripes. Wait a minute, where the hell did you come from? Like, it's, like, one that's kind of got, like, the weird zigzag or his stripe breaks and it's like well fuck you dude like it's uh, so I, I mean breeding her to a tiger you're gonna get some great striped animals and then you'll probably get one that you're like well and that one has a break in its stripe somewhere down on the line so um but it's not it you should do fine you do great that's a male oh okay and what is your exanic jag is that a female are you talking to me right now uh, yeah. Oh, you're looking at the the collection. So yeah, oh, I can talk about my collection if you want. I... Yes, you can, please. Um, <laughs> so if I go somewhat by order, so if I go, as I said, I'm a, I, I love pure stuff and I love the Frankenstein. Yeah. So, but the Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. is not crossing that magical line that is a hybrid. Right. <laughs> Getting as close as you can, right. but then not going yeah, over. What are you going to do if the book comes out and it changes uh, the whole taxonomy of car? Burn it. You know like, okay, it's a free for all now. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. I'm not kidding. That would change everything. That'd be a game changer. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. if they tell us that coastals and jungles are the same thing? I think I've already said that. Until they do, I can't okay. put the zebra into my pure coast. <laughs> but if they do, I'm not. I don't right. know. Would you agree? Like, would you do it? Breed a, a, a zebra to a zebra um, to uh, I don't know an exanthic coastal, and then call it pure. But if Alex says it, if Rick Button and uh, Justin oh, said it, like, why? Why yeah. not? At that point, it is pure, isn't it? Uh, yeah. No. You know, this is uh, we had such a long talk about this when we yeah were... we like we we locked Justin in a room and made him talk to us when we were in Texas. It's like you <laughs> know, wild and just seeing a lot of different carpet pythons from the wild. The variability on these things and what what we think of as pure or a locality is just it's just kind of like. It just gives us a way to keep track of things that are in the hobby. But I right. think the, when, if you were to look at that from and, and compare it to what you see in the wild, you can't, you, you're not, I, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think, and I, I'm just, I'm taking a guess here and just the carpets that I saw, I think they sort of just blend in with their environment. So like you'll have some carpets that look a certain way and like nine times out of 10, like I'll have to send you the picture and, and show you, but the, like the coastal carpet we found just disappears into the environment. It's just like this. I have half of it out of a tree and half of it in the tree and it just, it's, you can't see it, but it doesn't look anything like you would think a Brisbane coastal would look like. Like I'm sure you've seen Nick and I've other people just about all of them, and uh, I've been to Australia as well. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when I went, I went for a scuba diving uh, excursion, and I stayed there for about two weeks, and uh, saw a lot of sharks, a lot of things, but I only saw one snake in my entire time there. But I didn't oh, go man. with herpers. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to. I was sleeping. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was in the ocean all day and uh, saw a lot of crocs. I saw other things. I did a little bit of the touristic thing too, but. Uh, yeah, one day I need to go with uh, other people that are into snakes and just stay up all night and go. Uh, it's it's my dream to go back. Yeah, yeah. 
Ours too. <laughs> that I was saying with the Exanic Jags, since that's the only yep. Jag that you have, if you want to really kick that backstripe with Tigers, yeah, get to a Jag. Toss it to the I, Jag for yeah. one year. And then Tiger, because yeah, the Tigers that I produced this year for it, well, I only produced one. Uh, red Jag and no, it, he got because uh, he got Eric got Tiger Jags, but then he also got one Tiger. tiger. So in Tiger Jag clutches. The tigers that come out of those are insane because Jag just organizes, yeah, the entire backstripe and makes it broader. So <laughs> if I yep. if I do get tiger Jags, I will want to keep them, and I I don't. That is the issue. That is the problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one I gave Owen and the one I sold Brian. Um, well, yeah, it was it was hard to part. It with. is it is difficult. I mean, big white um, because Eric two thousand and nine would have like jumped all over those things. Yeah, get something like Jeez. that. Yeah, now yeah, I'm trying to stay away from that. Um, so yes, yeah, so I can go back to the collection. So uh, coastal wise, yeah. um, uh, I've got a like, little mini Exantic army, uh, all pure coastals. <laughs> I've got my Amel Exantic Jag. I've got. Uh, 1.2 Exantics, and uh, I've got uh, the gem that I really wanted to win the Coastal uh, Calendar Contest, which I really think you guys should have picked her, but it's okay, I'll let it go. Um, <laughs> uh, she's a possible Super Caramel Exantic, and uh, she's got the most oddball colors. And whenever people look at mm -hmm. her, like if you take a look at her, it's the second one in the collection called Boots. Uh, her colors okay. are the weirdest. Like, uh, yeah, she does she's, she's so awkward in her color, but she's so beautiful. So that was a pairing of uh, Caramel Exantic to Caramel Exantic by Don Patterson. And, uh, okay. Nice. Like, the, 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 like I, I don't even know how to explain it. And she was the brightest of the clutch. So the lightest, lightest of the entire clutch. She's like, I'll sell you the lightest. I can't guarantee you it's a super, but... You know, mm -hmm. and like she's growing up, and she's uh, she's almost I don't know how old she is, but she's two and a half now, and uh, like her okay. colors are incredible. Like I just every time I look at her, I'm like what is this? So yeah, like I, I don't know, that. I don't know if it'll prove out to be to to be. I hope I like I, I'm assuming it is caramel, uh, just looking at her. But as to whether it's super, and every time I post it, people are saying like that's not exactly that's not caramel. That's everybody's like, what is it? I don't know. Hmm. Well, it, it's. Uh, I would say that she looks a lot like the male I produced this year, um, where it's like, okay, so she. That's not caramel. That's exanic. You're correct. It's both. Like it's 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 like that's just where it joins in. So, um, that's awesome. That's yeah, a good so, looking animal. No, I, I think she's gorgeous. She's anyway. I, I had posted. Yeah. I, I sent you the one picture of her blow up head with her big eye in there. She, just I'm just saying yeah. she should have won, but it's okay. Well, next time, next time, include the rest of her. Like you know, get 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 the whole snake uh, in there. Yeah. So, so I've got that. I've got um, a couple of albinos. Uh, all my albinos are mm -hmm. not pure uh, for one reason and one reason only. I can't find them. Um, like I, <laughs> I can find albinos, but I cannot find anything pure. I've got albinos. I've got albino zebras. Um, um, yeah. So those are are definitely breeding this year. Uh, I've got, mm -hmm. uh, when I go down, I don't have any Darwins that are not albinos. Uh, when I go down the jungles, I've got uh, 
four female zebras that I held back from this year. I've got one striped female. I've got one large banded female. And I have uh, two males, one zebra, one normal. Uh, I also have mm -hmm. kind of like the Frankenstein zebras, uh, like zebra caramel head albinos and other little things like that that are just fun to play with weird projects. Uh, if I mm -hmm. go down the, uh, the IJ side, side of things, um, my, I've got two from uh, UK Pythons that are double-het uh, marbles and, uh, sorry, marbles, so double-het uh, Xanthic and uh, Granite. And, like, if you look at the pictures, right. if you can find mm -hmm. them on, the, on there, you're going to notice, like, they're so great. Like, I, I find on the saddles, yeah. they lose so much of their coloration. Like, yeah, like all that know, orange It's, it's stuff almost gone. Like, and, like, mm -hmm. I, I'd almost have to say it's not as pretty. Like, no, but yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> how but, dare you? But, but that, those <laughs> no, are heads. If you you consider it, yeah. uh, like I don't know, I'm calling it a head, but this because everybody else does. But, and that's what I mean by like, yeah. to me that's visual. Yeah, the one yeah. white gold that you have really looks. But, but she's not. She's got a black eye. Right. And uh, the male is very similar in a thing to that. I've got also some oddball projects, like, and all these are are at the three and a half and four year old range. So I'm breeding those. I'm also breeding um, double heads, uh, albino granites. Uh, so I just thought that was a fun project and I can't wait to see what's gonna pop out of there. And uh, I've always oh, found the Darwin and the IJs to be so similar in coloration. That, uh, yeah, me like, too. Uh, if you look at what they look like, their colors are amazing. And uh, I'd love mm -hmm. to see what they're gonna look like as, uh, like if I actually hit the odds of the one in 16, That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, um, trying to think of what else. Uh, I've got only one granite. Uh, honestly, granite has not been uh, a lucky uh, adventure for me. I think uh, the granites mm -hmm. we have here are very, very inbred. Um, like oh, yeah. They have yeah. not been outcrossed. And um, I've, I've bought one het. And <laughs> this is just to give you an idea. I, I bought one het exanthic. Sorry, geez, one het granite. I was told it was pure. Uh, I received it. It was seven and a half pound, eight feet long. Oh, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, so exactly. either somebody fed it so much they broke it or no. There's no such thing as a pure <laughs> eight foot there's, there's, yeah. This doesn't exist. Like, but that's, that's just to give you an wow. idea. And I, I shipped that snake, and it was a Canadian snake. And I'm not going to say who it is because it's not important. But I obviously resold that mm. one after as just a head granite, whatever. Uh, carpet python, mm -hmm. but yeah. like, and like my male is, geez, he's three years old. He's a mouser, but he's only like two and a half feet. Okay. <laughs> she should yeah. run him uh, over. <laughs> I've got uh, like the pair of inlands, uh, which I mm. honestly favorite snakes. Love, love inlands. I think they're. I wish people loved them more. I wish Adam. Yeah, like, right. They're just so freaking beautiful. And there's so much yeah. more stuff you can do. Like, you know, we, we haven't even scratched the surface of, you know, breeding them for color and pattern and like, yeah. hey, I mean, yeah. So do you have, the, are you working with a specific uh, line I, or are these across so of the, the lines? So the male is, uh, I believe he's UK Python. A Skullfield? So I don't know which line UK Python has. I just know that's who bred him. Okay, yes, so both. I'd okay. probably have to inquire mm -hmm. and try to track it down. Uh, 
Because I'm looking at the two. The one, the first one looks very light and very much like the Schofield line. Yeah, um, right. Like an, they seem to. Okay, the yeah. The spear. Yeah, that's the male. He's yeah. probably um, around. Uh, he's, I think he's a five-year-old one. Yeah, those little dots that are inside mm -hmm. the, uh, like the, yeah. uh, the pattern, you know, as it goes down. And then the fact that you don't have a whole lot of that rusty tipping. Um, to me, that's the Schofield line. Now, when I look at the second one, the head stamp seems to me, so maybe that's a cross between the two lines, but that head stamp screams Mog to me. I'm say, didn't Mog have like the, the lesser, like the more um, yeah, see, this, open the, pattern, kind of yeah, like so head that, stamp? Yeah. Yeah. So like crossbow, and it seems like, is that, that how old is that one? one? So it's a lot of work to, okay. that's why like, I'm, I'm not breeding these for a while. Gotcha. Yeah. So to me, yeah, that's that's what I see. But I'm I'm again, that could be totally wrong. I'm just going by what I what I've noticed. And, and the, the reason I like uh, like I coastals are definitely my second. And the reason I love exanthic mm -hmm. coastals is I find they look like an inland. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How, yeah. how do I make the coastal I, look like an inland? You, you know what I mean? Like an, an exanth. Oh, yeah, no, I totally agree. No jagged, yeah. just exanthic coastal. Just looks like a beautiful yeah. inlet. It's probably why I haven't jumped on the inland bandwagons no, because I can, like, I got my, I got enough coastals that I'm okay. So, but you're not getting that rusty red, man. That's well, then I'm buried. Well, dude, and that I'm slowly burying myself in bread lie again too. I'm, I turn around, I'm like. I should get rid of bread lie. And then once again, Eric's like, here, take this. I'm like, I have five goddamn bread lie. <laughs> like, it's just like, <sighs> ah, uh, going on any, anything else. I also have a snow project that I, that's what I invested in this year. Uh, purely because okay. I'd love to have a black snake, but I'd love to have a white snake. Uh, okay. Is that what drew you yeah. to the snow stuff? Is just, just the uh, idea a nice of having white a snake with no pattern. Nice because, white snake. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the leucistic will come soon, but it's not here yet. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I did end up purchasing uh, a male snow and uh, I ended up purchasing a friend's full clutch of four eggs of double head snows. And uh, those things okay. have been the biggest pain in the ass I've ever had. Uh, oh, no. There's still two of them that are not eating, and it's a 2.2. So I'm going to get rid of the males. So I'm just going to keep the two females of the male. But 1.1 uh, uh, is still not eating four months later. It's It's been the like a nightmare. And out of the 54 babies I had, uh, the the two twins died, and one I had one mm. jungle that just starved himself to death even after force feeding him so i lost you know the twins which i considered those were a write-off to start with uh but i, I lost yeah. one but out of these four two of them are still a pain in my ass but anyway so yeah the snow project is for far far down the line uh purely because honestly mm -hmm. i want to do it for myself i think it's going to be a white snake it's just it's always fun to have those yeah. projects that you know are going to take a couple of years and then when you start seeing them like when you start seeing the babies and start seeing them like come to fruition, you're like, yeah, like we got here. We knew it was going to be a long road, but we got here. So yeah, <laughs> they're they're yeah. fun. I've got like I think I have too many double head projects, uh, but mm. you know <laughs> I don't know how it came up to that, but uh, they're fun. And all my double heads are breeding this year, so I think I have three double head projects. 
So hoping, uh, I think I have, I calculated, I think I have, I'm doing eight pairs this year, maybe nine depending on, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm scared. That's a lot of babies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of babies. And I think I'm at the point where I, I might consider doing the whole wholesale thing if I have that many. It, it's one of those things where like you never want to sit there and be like, oh, I can't, I can't do the wholesale thing. But then like, I'm sitting here and I have like 10 caramels that are just normal caramels. And I'm like, eh, you guys can all go. <laughs> like it's, bye guys. So it, it's, it's, it's all right. I mean, it, it also helps keep your sanity. So where you can do nine pairs and not yeah. rip your hair out. I'm sure a lot of people so, are thinking that's yeah. nothing. But for me, man, just uh, like on. Nine pairs is a lot. Like, I, I and the, the people who are sitting there saying it's not that money, that many, is because they're broken and they they're constantly getting twenty pairs, and they're they're thinking that's a lot. So yeah, I mean, I think anywhere above three is you're going to start getting into a lot of babies, and that, that yeah, takes up a lot of time. Doesn't. And and not all of them are going to eat immediately, which is even more time and is stressful. And yeah, no, it's. Anything above three, I think, is is yeah. a um, lot. Think about what else I have. I have a, a one point three of brettles, uh, just plain old normals. Nice. I think they're just gorgeous on their own. That one, I, I will not. I'm not going into any of the morphs. I like just how, just uh, I think they're one of the best ones. I love, like I love having brettles and inlands so that they can keep all my bottom cages that are near the cement. I don't need to worry about it. <laughs> it's, they're the best for that. Like whenever I, ha I need to build a new like stack of cages, I need an inland or brettles to put at the bottom. Just go on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, been my trick forever because it's like, uh, who cares if it gets cold? They'll be fine. So uh, yep. I have that, and uh, the, the the new ones that I got into this year were uh, womas. Um, so which nice. uh, I honestly I did not think I would love them that much. Or, Amazing. Okay. Wow, they're they're awesome. What 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 brought well, you? Well, my buddy bred them, and uh, he had he had a few. Mm -hmm. I ended up doing some trades, and it's kind of like when you have babies, right? It's easy to not spend money and say, "I'll give you one of these for one." And, of and, course, uh, it, it, it grows the collection really, really well because uh, it's nothing yes. like paying <laughs> with snakes. So um, yeah, and uh, man, they're just perfect snakes. They eat. They they eat anything. I mean, like my little twins have been food for the Womas, and there's nothing cooler than seeing a snake eat a snake. And uh, I just I don't know. Honestly, they're they're amazing, and they're one of those Womas that will not, you know, sit on your hand and then slowly start sniffing your hand and then bite you. Like not the they attack yep. by just the slowly open up their mouth and chomp. They've not shown any aggression. Well, I, I can't even say aggression. Um, like, you know what I mean? Never. So, no, I, I right. love them, and I think that's something. And now after having the Womas, I want blackheads. But uh, I don't know how much mm -hmm. blackheads go for in the States. In Canada, it's insane. Insane. Eh, blackheads have come down, but it's still yeah, – they're still, still one of those ones that it, – it's still a nice chunk of change to get a nice pair of blackheads. Yeah. So, Blackheads yeah. and then diamonds are the two next ones. And the, to me, they're all like – I was ask They're about all kind of like yeah. in the same wheelhouse to me. So it's uh, the 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 whole winter breeder animals uh, I have not done yet, mm -hmm. but uh, they're all coming to age. My winter breeders are starting to come to age next year. They're at the four to five year, some six. 
So uh, I will cool them down, but honestly, I haven't figured out how to bring it that cold. It's, uh, I don't yeah. know, maybe the floor. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a challenge, and it's one of those things where, you know, I know a lot of guys who have to put everybody in big bins and drag them out into a different part of the house. Um, and uh, they have success, but um, it, it, it's something else to think about, Where especially if you've locked in your breeding with all your other species, and now these guys throw a wrench in the works. So um, it's definitely interesting and definitely something you have to think about. I, I tried diamonds, and it ended horribly, and I haven't gotten the nerve to try them again. So uh, one day, though, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out one of these days. I, I say, you, you have Americ, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got. Yeah, like I have diamonds. Eight. <laughs> have, we, uh, have we had eggs yet? Well, last year was the first year I tried to breed them. Um, I had uh, a female that was on loan, and mm-hmm. um, I think that she just there wasn't enough time for her to sort of get used to being here. And uh, we're going to give it a go again this upcoming season and see how it goes. I mean, as soon as I put the male in, locks right away. So that entire year they were breeding, right? She's been with What's you that? that entire year since last? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know how, I don't know, that's been my experience. Usually when you have like, uh, you know. Um, it's usually the second year. Yeah, it's the, you know, they, it they works sort of have better. to get used to your, uh, mm-hmm. you know, your that's way That's why of I don't like things, buying adults, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it turned out to be uh, so. I have a riverbank zoo um, female, but I, I, she's just not. I didn't feel comfortable that she was big enough. I have a reduced pattern female that's just about there that I can probably breed her this year. But I'm just gonna focus on the one pair. So I know this this female that I, that um, I have on loan is a, is um, proven. Um, so I'm gonna see how it goes and give it a try. So she's going to a reduced pattern male. We'll see what happens. I know the Riverbank Zoo, a lot of people in Canada that have diamonds have that bloodline. And, like, because my, my, my female came from, I think, I want to say his name is Michael Islam. He doesn't ring a bell. I don't know. He's up, he's in Canada somewhere. And um, he produces, um, he produced that like pied looking diamond. Oh yes, I remember that. I've never seen. You have you seen it? Okay. So, or is it even? Yep. Yeah, it still sort of looks the same. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know how carpets change as they get older, but uh, still has sort of like that same type. I'll send you a picture of it. I have it somewhere of the of the adult. Um, but um, anyway, it came from that same clutch. It's Riverbank Zoo. Um, so. That's the line that they work with. <laughs> if you're going to look for that bloodline, that's where you should. No, I've, I've seen a Canada, few of them so. that have them. Now, as to people that mm-hmm. have had success, mm-hmm. is a different story. I know, like I was, uh, that was on the list of things I wanted to buy, and I was going to go buy some from Don Patterson. Uh, I know he's one of the persons that mm-hmm. have them in Austin. Like, if you buy animals, might as well add another snake. I'm already paying shipment. Uh, but uh, right, think, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, it's a dangerous game. Letting go of any <laughs> from us here, so it's uh, mm. it's not happening. But I I got a few buddies that have them. Um, and God, man, those things are. You want to talk about the pinnacle of a carpet python? Diamonds are yeah. wow. Um, only thing is, technically speaking, illegal where I live. So I, yeah, really, 
Yeah, so size. I'm, uh, I'm, I live in a bylaw yeah. that says uh, anything over two meters is illegal. So it, uh, yeah, just keep them small. No, but, <laughs> yeah, just, just don't let them grow. <laughs> they, they go on species, yeah. right? They consider all carpet pythons are fine. Uh, uh, a diamond python would not fit. You. Even if you had a four-foot diamond python, it doesn't change that its adult size would be considered over two meters, right? I don't know. Right. Like even like gotcha. you could argue that a brettles is uh, get close. I mean, it's uh, technically, yeah. I mean, you I could get there. Is bigger than diamonds. I mean, most of them. But like, that's the problem: is that one diamond at one point was recorded being ten feet, and that was enough for everybody. And that's what everybody thinks the maximum size of every diamond is going to be. And that's not necessarily true. I think my issue so, is that I, I don't want to lose my animals. So if I put, you know, like, oh, if, yeah, that's a good like issue. diamonds, <laughs> I don't think fit our bylaw. And for that reason, I'm like, I'm struggling mm. with it. Because I'm like, well, I've freaking in 20 years of keeping, I've never had a problem. But it takes one neighbor to complain to send a bylaw. Then the yes, bylaw is yep. going to come here not knowing what the heck he's looking at anyway. And then he'll take pictures, yeah, and then he'll no. call somebody up like me to identify the animal. And uh, you know, a brettle yeah. I could get away with it and say it's a cross, it's a coastal or an IJ something cross, and blah blah blah. If he considered the brettles not legal, but a diamond is pretty obvious as a diamond. I guess I could say it's a jungle cross, but yeah. But all you need now is for them to be like, no, it's a diamond, and you're lying to me, and then you're like, eh, yeah. now I'm in big trouble. Like now, nah, it's. It's not worth it. I mean, you know, I have people who, you know, try to shirk some of the laws and some of the rules about states around here. I mean, luckily, Eric and I both live in Pennsylvania, which is the Wild West of reptiles, and everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. But I would never chance anything about the risk of losing my collection just because I couldn't say no to a particular species. So, yeah, no, there's plenty of Not other things out there. Diamonds, man. So, <laughs> I know they're up, I, I know, them. but yeah, I know, but I wouldn't, I would <laughs> not risk making my collection. Right? <laughs> no, I couldn't do it. I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine with everything else. I'm good. So, cool. Jeez. Um, I was curious. Um, so I guess this would be the last thing that I would, uh, have. Um, to hit on, and then maybe we'll hit the closing questions. I don't know if you yeah. have anything else, but you know we can always do round twos and stuff like that. But um, my question would be, um, and not my question, my topic would be the melanistic uh, inland. Did you guys see that? I know you saw it, Owen, but did you I see it? I did not. Where, uh, where, where may I see mm. it? So um, it was on... Uh, social media. I think it was on both Instagram and. Um, I'd be curious, uh, but I'm I'm going to send you a picture I, uh, right now. So that you. And uh, we're, I'm I'm guessing this is an an Aussie person, right? Oh yeah. God, yeah, so it has to be reptiles <laughs> down under. Yes. So at first, when I saw <laughs> it, I thought the um, I thought the uh head was kind of weird but turns out from what the, some of the comments were saying and I don't know I've never um hatched these out but um that I'm trying to find my messages um 
that their eyes are kind of buggy. I, uh, um, I don't with know. the inlands? Yeah, when they hatch out. Okay. I don't know. Not, not, not like in a bad way. It's just something they eventually I, I found grow. the picture. Holy crap. You find it? <laughs> under and I just went on his Instagram, and uh, that, that's a black snake. There you go. That, that's the true yep. panther. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an inlet. Finally. Finally. Like those, <laughs> those eyes are, that's insane. It's That's, kind of big, right? It, those are, kind of, uh, yeah. those are way too big, proportionally speaking. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but I don't know. Some of the people down there, you know, that that produced them said that they kind of look that way, and then they kind of grow out of it. But I, I can't comment on that because I've never you had mean, a. I mean, is it also maybe? Egg. I don't know because it's melanistic. Maybe it, it's exaggerated. You know? Yeah, I mean, or is it look, just but looks I, exaggerated? I've, That's what I mean. Python like, that yeah. dark. Because yeah, that's, no. that's an all new level yeah. of dark. Like that's that's black. That's, yeah, wow. insane. And of course, it's in it's in Oz. Uh, yeah, it's, of course. It's where we can't get at it. <laughs> right. Like, wow. We would anybody in Australia. We will trade you all the tortoises, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's what you want. <laughs> really, I, dude? I will go buy. Thousands of dollars of tortoises. I will get you the biggest sulcata that's in my <laughs> house. Right. You got to admit, the inlands, the reason why they're so beautiful is that there is no morph. You know I mean? Like, it's one of those yeah. things where, like, yeah. in, well, in the U.S. and on our side of the globe, literally, you're breeding an inland to an inland. It's, there's, there's right. nothing else. Like, as much as I, I'd love to have the morph or the, the silver pepper or the melanistic, there's kind of a beauty to it. It's just the beautiful natural type. But that thing is gorgeous. Holy. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to have that. <laughs> like, I, would, I would have to. I would have to have that. That would Damn. start the inland projects. Damn. Yeah. That's all. They always gotta. Well, as soon as you think like, oh yeah, we kind of. There's have nothing more Australia can provide. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> like, and they're like, try it's again. Just a black crap. It's... Yeah. yeah, it's just a black crap. It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't give a damn. Yeah. You guys have tortoise. What? <laughs> I get wow. Uh, maybe one quick last thing. Um, have you ever had a baby yeah. hatch out that has a tongue that sticks out mm-hmm. permanently? Why does a little baby double head nose when his, like I'm saying permanently, his tongue's inside his mouth. As soon as he flicks out, mm-hmm. it doesn't go back in. So I'm just curious. Like it doesn't, it stays like... like sticking out by, let's say, three or four millimeters. Like it just angles just, there, just and it can take up there. to a minute when he stops flickering for it to go back in. And I've never seen that. And of course, that's a non-feeder. Yeah, you might have that. So might, might something might that be one, developmentally wrong. I mean, like I, I have the blue beauties do with the slow tongue flake, where they'll stick it out and they'll slowly move Beautiful, it eh? up and down. <laughs> but then when they go to retract it, it goes right back in. Like it, it's not like it's. Like it's almost like there's a difference between deliberate and then like non-deliberate, like slow tongue flick. And I, I feel like he would be in the non-deliberate no, it's, it's stuck category. There for a couple of minutes, and yeah. it, it almost doesn't fork at the end. I was just wondering if anybody has ever seen that deformity or that, that issue. That's one of those neonates that came out with uh, uh, the, the the tongue, and it took me forever to notice it. I mean, you're not looking at their tongue. Yeah, you don't watch that. It's yeah. 
Hmm. I just That's thought I'd throw weird. it out there and see if you guys have ever experienced that. But uh, no, but I, I mean, I've not. experienced all kinds of shit. I had one baby that was born missing his entire upper head. Like he had the bottom jaw was perfectly formed, but right around where his eyes would start was just nothing. And I've had that happen. I've had two headed carpets. It's like, yeah, so this doesn't, you know, I mean, that that's right up in there. Yeah, it could happen. I've had, I've only had, no, I, I've had two. Yeah, the the uh, IJs. It was the first two headed carpet I produced. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it a lot? <laughs> uh, for a little bit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like as, as much as yeah. it's one of the, it's it's definitely not normal. I'm sorry, but it's cool to have a double head. Yeah. It it is cool, but then it's like the and I was in the same mindset. I'm like, oh, those were twins that didn't make it. And then I got my first set of twins, and I'm like, God, oh, these are twins that made it. And it's like, it's like <laughs> I, I don't want twins. Um, I so twins on anybody. Yeah. No, and I think was it Nick said he had that one time he had triplets, and it was like, how tiny were those babies? And yeah, no, no, twins suck. <laughs> Definitely agree on that one. I tried the whole fish thing too. Eh? You guys have been talking. Ah, right. <laughs> I tried it, and uh, I've had zero success because I've been trying. I've tried everything on those goddamn two little babies. That, and I like. I've tried everything. I've tried the down. I've tried the live. I've tried the mice. I've tried the rats. I've tried uh, gerbils. I've tried uh, uh, live anoles. I've tried live house geckos. I've tried uh, like I, we don't have access to reptile links or any of that type of product. But uh, I've tried mm-hmm. the blender mm-hmm. with the uh, put into. Like the 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 lizards into the blender with some uh, chicken broth to try to make scent work. Right. I honestly, I'm at the point where I, I I I'm thinking I need to ship it to a friend, or I need to ship it to like BC, <laughs> and only to tell him oh, it was a mistake, ship it back, see if it'll eat when it gets back right. to me. Cause... Maybe I mean. That sometimes that works. It's weird. It it just somehow that that works. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have better suggestions. Like I know some GTP key uh, people uh, will even use the parrot down, but I'm uh, I I don't. Yeah, uh, I mean if you can get hold of fresh hatched button quail, I mean they're the size of a bumblebee, but it sounds like these guys are even too tiny for those. Um, uh, tailing tails. Tails, I mean, rat tails are a thing. I've done them. Yeah. Um, see, my go-to would like the fish, and then that didn't work. <laughs> it's like that. That was my last, the last bullet in my gun right now is fish. And um, are just not meant to survive, shit. but it's still like I'm trying to find other people's crazy yeah. ideas that might have worked. Hey, you know, it's weird. Uh, what I noticed um, is that, and I got this from working with the actual Poplin pythons. Rob sort of keyed me into this. Sometimes it's how you hold the prey item. So meaning that I often would, um, you know, sort of like just hold it by the tail, put it in, wait for it to strike. But I had I have a Cape York uh, carpet that sort of is like a picky eater. And um, I fed it, but holding the scruff with the tongs of the, you yeah. know, like behind the neck, on the neck. And then it took really? it right away. That made it. Yeah. 
I don't know why. Nor do I care. I was just happy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe mess around with that. See if you have any I'd kind of. Um, I, I tend to, to hold yeah. the rats upside down and around, like holding uh-huh. the two shoulders, so that you can offer just the head right in front. And I don't know if that makes any sense. It can't. I've always yep. done it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could try different ways of holding it. I see a lot of people holding by the tail, and I just don't get how that's convenient. Um, but the next thing I was thinking of saying, of trying, and I don't know if that's even worth it. Like, is it worth beating the shit out of the snake with the rat? Like, if that makes any sense. Like, just like continuously harassing it. Like, uh, some people have a lot of success with green trees doing that. Right? Could it, could it work on yeah. carpets, or will that just stress? Like, they they don't they do it for 10, 15 minutes to get a snake to eat sometimes. I mean, I think it's a fine line where eventually I think you would just end up stressing it out so much that it just is constantly running from you or something like that. I'm just wondering so. as another idea because I've I've run out of ideas. And yeah, is, is I mean, it, this is a small uh, carpet, or I mean, they're I, I, they've yeah. eaten about six or seven uh, force-fed meals, so they're they're they, they've okay. got a little bit of weight to them, but not much bigger than neonates. So they're they're pooping. So okay. they're 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 digesting what I'm pushing inside of them. But I don't know, hmm. just other ideas. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure now you'll get an influx of ideas. Uh, yeah. From, uh, uh, yeah. From the ideas. yeah. Just send them along. At this point, try everything. So. Yeah. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So, but okay. Cool. 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 So we'll uh, hit the closing questions and then we'll uh, get out of here. Cool. So the first closing question, of course, is uh, if you could go herping uh, anywhere in the world, uh, what would you be hoping, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? It's just about 99% of the population that listens to (laughs) (laughs) So I've, I've gone... For the ocean, I would like to go for uh, for the reptiles this time. So, uh, yeah, I would love to go at night, but I'd have to go with the right set of people, and that would be mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, the only snake I had seen when I went was uh, a venomous black snake. I don't remember what it was called, and uh, that's what the, the, the people told me, and it was in, um, uh, what's the name of that forest near Cairns? Um, anyway, I, I forgot. Uh, Bantry tree something. There you go. No, the so Jane yeah. That's the only snake I saw in it, and it was during the day. And uh, I had Googled it, and I found I found out what it was. Uh, but that's about it. But I'd love to. Uh, Dantry, is that it? Dantry, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yep. I'd love to go. Um, the, the the snake of choice. I would love to see a diamond, uh, black, high up that list, and just mm-hmm. any type of carpet. Just the idea of seeing one carpet in the wild would be pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty pretty badass, man. <laughs> I, I I love the fact that we found the Darwin. I'm annoyed that it was so high up in a tree that I couldn't get my hands on it. So, you did it though. Um, yeah, that yeah. So uh, then the other question is, uh, what would you if you could have any reptile without any restrictions of legality or price? What would it any, be and why? Um... Mm-hmm. A really hard one like uh one 
don't have, I probably is... would go down most likely the, the blackhead route if it was for snakes, just because I'd love to have a pair of blackheads. Uh, if it wasn't for mm -hmm. snakes, um, I used to have a gigantic black-throated monitor for about seven or eight years, and I loved them. Mm -hmm. I, if I had the actual room and a full room and a really nice setup, I monitors are amazing. They're just way too much work, and uh, I can't give them that room. I just don't have for them. So if I could, yeah, that probably would be that because that's never going to happen. I can't help. I can't help big monitors <laughs> properly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the problem is that there are few people who really can, but everybody thinks they can, and it, it monitors yeah, are a ton of work. Fair for them. So, so yeah. All right. So, and then if you're, uh, is there anything that you're going to be adding to your collection uh, this so year? I'm waiting on my shipment, uh, the snow uh -oh. mail. It is two female mm -hmm. Wilmas. Uh, and I'm trying to think, I think there's one or two more snakes in there and it's going to be nice because I, I haven't had any new snakes in a while. I'm excited. <laughs> it's been a while. When there's nothing in your quarantine, you know you're doing well. Man, a, you forgot how much fun it is. It's like, yeah, yeah quarantine's empty. Well, this tiny is little odd. Neonates, but, uh, yeah, the, the snow, like, uh, I was telling you earlier that I, I'd love to hypo-coastals just because mm. it's coastals, right? Uh, but yeah. uh, the, the the price of the snow was pretty much the same price as the as the hypogene. Uh, but I'm really thinking the hypogene will go down fast because, from what I can tell, hypogene seems to be in complete dominant, and uh, it's really mm -hmm. easy to be yeah. in complete dominant. So I'm yes, assuming it is. <laughs> that will go down in price extremely quickly. And the idea of paying that much for an incomplete dominant trait that will, you know, think of how many people have them now. They're all going to be at breeding age that price should mm -hmm. go down pretty fast with the amount of people that I'll be breeding them. So, yeah, I, I know a guy um, who's going to hook me up. So <laughs> it's always good to know yeah, the, the, the snow yeah. project is definitely the one I'm looking forward to. That's coming. That'll be, that'll be fun. You know, that'll be a cool project to see the snows. Yeah, snows are bittersweet for me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it took me forever to produce a pair of double heads. Double heads. Oh. By the time you and were now just I gotta like, raise don't them care. Up. So, yeah. one. That's why I spent the money on just one of them. I, I decided, you know, taking double head to double head. I mean, it's a, it, insane odds, right? One out of 16. But that's why I figured mm -hmm. with yeah. double head females and one snow, I mean, the odds are down to, I think, one out of four. So that, right. that's better, reasonable much enough that, yeah. you know, you keep back yeah. a couple, but you can actually maybe even sell one or two to recoup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. So uh, if you want to toss out any of your contact information, website, stuff like that, where would people find you if they wanted to talk snakes or, uh, you know, bug you about buying so some babies? Or give you feeding, feeding tips. tips yeah. Or give you feeding tips. Uh, yeah. Website, which I just recently built, is uh, domsreptiles.com. And uh, there's a good amount of my mm -hmm. animals on there, uh, collection and uh, pictures. Believe it or not, it is updated. Um, I only have maybe uh, a few jungles, uh, jungle zebras, and uh, exantic jags and head exantic jags for sale. Uh, on... Um, Instagram, it would be Dom's Reptiles as well. Uh, Dom's Reptiles, 
on there and on Facebook, it's my name, uh, Dominique Carboneau, which in English is, I don't even know how to say it, Dominic Carboneau. See, I, I, okay. I destroy my own name because I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it, it's oh, totally it fine. English, anyway. I'm, uh, it's my second language. So, so yeah. So uh, Facebook is usually uh, it's usually where I talk to the majority of people. Although I've been talking to you on Instagram, so too. And uh, right. yeah, uh, shoot me a message. Always happy to talk snakes. Cool, 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 cool. But no, dude, this has been awesome. So yeah. we're definitely gonna have to have you come back and uh, talk to us about uh, how that snow project ends up going and. Uh, uh, if those zebras turn out to be anything funky That'd when they get a little bit older. Together, right? Well, listen, yeah, guys, see what I, happens. Honestly, thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> right. You guys are, I don't know how else to say it, an inspiration, man. Like, you guys have been going on for so long, it's amazing. Keep it going because uh, I love I, I love it, man. It gives me something to listen to every single time I'm cleaning for hours. Yeah, right on. Thanks. Yeah. Man. Thanks. Uh, well, we got nine years, so at least nine more, and then I'll, one of us <laughs> yeah. will die. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Eric. Yeah. Probably. So. <laughs> I can't keep um, those birds away from him for too long. Something's going to eat him. So, yeah. Um, but no, dude, this has been great. So, yeah. uh, we'll definitely catch up with you further down the road, and uh, hopefully, you can get some more carpets up into Canada. Um, you know, and you're not the only guy running around up there with inlands cool. or something Next like that. Fest, when Cope... Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. For five yeah. five hours, yeah, dude. I'd, yeah, on. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, that being definitely. said, right now we can't go to the states. It's a two week after. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. What? what hopefully do we that all stops. Like, yeah, June. Yeah. Hopefully by June that stops. Hopefully we'll be okay. Yeah. yeah like, Worst case scenario. So here sneak for you. eight or nine months. There's not one place that's open. Like I know you guys have reopened everything. There's Jesus. nothing here right now. Are restricted. Ten. Yeah, but that might be that might be stopping soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we reopened, but now we're getting like. Two what was it two thousand cases a day or I think it's like two hundred thousand uh, whatever yeah. it's bad uh, it's so, not at that level but nothing has reopened like you know, like we're, we're uh, our restrictions uh, are so high that I don't think reptile shows here are happening for maybe six months to a year still so it's rough I'm oh missing my. it not gonna okay. lie yeah yeah hopefully, hopefully we can get you that fix up. man yeah dude <laughs> we'll try to get you something and then uh yeah, we'll yeah, get I'd you down you, here man. for carpet fest yeah cool all right all right let's uh awesome, so we'll catch you later take down the road care. yeah yep yeah too. bye see you down all right good show i always love talking carpets it's always uh good 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 and uh so interesting to see the different uh you know um, well the different dynamic in a different um, country because i mean i know we talked yeah. to the with aussies about you know what the australian herpticulture is like and we kind of always just assume that canada herpticulture is the same way but it, it really isn't and yeah. i mean canada is a very big country and it is spread out and I, I think it would be very hard to do that kind of stuff it's almost like is there herpticulture in alaska uh, I think, I mean, people have snakes in Alaska. I right, but like, you know, if I buy, if I I buy an animal. to a reptile show. Well, exactly, but here's the thing. Like, if I buy an animal from somebody in the lower states and have them ship it to Alaska, I mean, how do you even do that? Uh, 
Explain yourself say, to me. I, I think I think one somebody we know uh, for some reason. It's, I think Matt's popping into my head, but I'm pretty sure that somebody did. Maybe it was Rob. I can't remember. Somebody shipped it to Alaska. That was kind of weird, but I know I've had I've had people request Alaska, but I, I'm like you're nervous. Oh yeah, dude, Grizzly I'm nervous. Bears are gonna get in the box. <laughs> oh no, I'm like well. First off, grizzly bears is something you should always be concerned about, yeah. no matter where you are. So All right, animal and, that freaks me out. Man. I mean, listen, <laughs> it's 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 a bear the size of a bus. You yeah. are properly freaked. It's fine. Yes. Um, but it's like you know, it, it it's stressful on a snake to shipping it from PA to California, and now you're telling me it's got to go that way too. And, yeah. and I mean, how do you even get it there? By does FedEx even offer? Uh, overnight delivery to 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 Alaska. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. If you're an Alaska herper, let us know. Mm, yes. yes. If you're listening to us, what the hell, dude? <laughs> <laughs> or where have you been? I'll have to. So, uh, I'll have to look on our thing and see if we have any Alaska uh, listeners. Uh, we, our, if we don't, map. I I'm gonna push for that market. I think okay. it's an untapped market. Right, that we corner need. that market. Yeah, we should corner the Alaskan herpetoculture culture market. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, at the meeting, like at the at the weekly meetings, so you're gonna be like, "Why, Owen? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Explain to <Enough>. me why." <laughs> Enough. It's not. Uh, it's not happening. Okay. So. Um, I guess for us, um, yeah, uh, com. Uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, info at com is our email. Um, and uh, yeah, you can. Uh, Please uh, follow the podcast, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, you know, uh, kind of listen to all up. the new shows on the network. You know, I got a weird email. Like we were like, I didn't ranked, do it. No, no, no. It's like oh. I, I don't. It was a weird email that said we were like NPR was ranked. Um, it was like number ninth in India. <laughs> it was weird, man. Sweet. I, I'm gonna, I think Sweet. I, Another market, the corner that we didn't know we had. Yeah. Wait, hold yeah. On. I think I took a picture of it just so I had it. So I could, so I, I could swear to God, we're ranked number ninth in India. That's just weird. It's kind of weird, right? I mean, I mean like, I, look, first I off, the fact that we're ranked anywhere is yeah. to me is weird. <laughs> like it's the fact that Scott is making you drive up here to sign a calendar is weird. Yeah. I'm actually going to write that. Hey, Scott, this is weird. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's us. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of mm. stuff. Um, Scott might be plotting to kill us because we sign the calendars, he kills us, and then the calendars are worth money. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know if they would be worth money, but, yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. They're worth about yeah. twenty bucks. <laughs> let's 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 watch out for this. Scott may be coming for us. Yeah. 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 I may but, have pronounced the wrong thing, this is something wrong too many times, and now he's like, "That's it." I know. These guys have to the, go. Uh, this was I was very impressive yesterday when we were doing the uh, you know the. Um, Anniversary uh, show, show. And, and they and in the very early show. years you said Bradley. Bradley, yeah, something <laughs> happened. Oh I don't know. I don't know where Owen broke, but he broke somewhere. It's just because yeah. the first at Bradley, I'm like, ah. Ah. Your your bread statement sort of like makes me feel a little more acceptable that I might start yeah. saying that. Listen, you, know? I mean, you should. It's you, all the cool kids call you color. color. <laughs> Uh, can we not record? Tell exactly. me we're not recording tomorrow. Are we not? We're not recording tomorrow, right? No, there's no, no show tomorrow, right? 
No. We, we I can't do this three days in a row. Us. Yeah, I know. I'm not a young man anymore, Eric. It's just... What are you talking about? I'm like 10 years older than you, man. <laughs> I also gave up coffee. You're like, listen, I know the only you thing that keeps coffee? doing... Yeah. Why? Oh, my, my stomach thing was stacking oh, up too bad. Oh. And they told me, oh, yeah, dude, I, it was... Oh, my God. Was, the How last couple weeks have been... It, the last couple of weeks have been horrible. Oh, <laughs> just... oh my God. I can't even imagine. I well, you... somewhat do it when we go to Australia. But What but... do you drink in the mornings? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. People are like, tea. And I'm like, no. Like, it's... What are we, British? Yeah. <laughs> no. Tea. You ever, you, ever think, you ever think about the reptile chill guys, like, being that, like, how... <laughs> Like Hoss is the big guy, and he's got a tiny little teacup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see him like sitting around he's the. Like, uh, well, the, all right then. The, the, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pinky's out. Pinky's out, though. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Listen, gentlemen. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I see them all. Um, Good. Good. <laughs> big. They're big bushy beards. Bushy you know? beards getting in the teacups. <laughs> Drinking these little yeah. little tight, like the smallest teacups known to man. That's how I picture most of the things are done around there. You know, like, like you know, little kids have the uh, the like, little tea sets. With the little teacup. Uh, Would you pass me the? Uh... Oh, the, the scone. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I can't get that thing out of my head now. I got that. We need to to end the show before we insult another show or get people mad at us. Oh, yeah. That was was good. (sighs) Anyway, our website, I said it, uh, com. Check out our Teespring store. There are accounts available. Um, uh, It's basic. I have the post up. I'll share it again on Pick of the Week and whatnot, but uh, um, I have about what do we have? Uh, Fifty left. So. Yeah, get them because this is we're not doing another run. So no. we sold out of the first run fast enough that we ordered a second run. But that's it. Once these are once this run is over, they're gone. Yeah. So if you held off or um, were kind of on the fence or didn't get to Eric and think that they're all gone, they're not. But very very limited number. Yeah. So if you're interested in one, reach out to me and uh, I will get you hooked up. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, as far as what else am I, what am I forgetting? Oh yeah. Our other podcast, you can check yeah. corner. Uh, yes. Cliff notes and uh student of the serpent uh, is our other podcast as of right now. And I'm sure that we will be adding. As yeah. Well. I, I, that was, um, so I went on the other podcast with, Rob and Jeremy, uh-huh. and I'm like, hey, we're gonna get like seven shows, and I'm like, should I have said that? <laughs> like, it's like, like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> and they're like, you, you, like, you guys are just overachieved. So I'm like, listen, I finally got old man Burke to finally let me start rocking and rolling with this thing. So yeah, um, yeah, good for you. Right on. So now we have to get what I'm basically saying is now we have to do at least seven shows. Okay, I think uh, I think we might be there. I think we. Okay. Yeah. So okay, uh, and then for myself, ebmorelia.com, and then my email is eric at ebmorelia.com. Cool. For me, you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Uh, also, rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram, and rogue reptiles on Facebook.com. I just posted up a shit ton 
of babies. Jags, um, caramels, Pops Super Caramels, um, baby normal bread lie. I have very few het stonewash left. Um, and some really, really nice jungles that I did with a joint pairing with Joe um, Phelan's mail. So uh, there are only a limited amount of those left, too. So do not hesitate. Jump on this shit because we're heading into the holidays. So, like, next week I'm going to be shipping things, and then I'm going to shut down until after Thanksgiving. And then it's really just a roll of the dice to what the weather's doing. So yeah. if it's too cold, it ain't happening. So uh, now's the time to jump on some stuff. Do not wait. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, That's all we have for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.